Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Pilot TV podcast and this festive treat coming to your ears bright and early on Christmas morning. No, that rustling in the chimney is not Father Christmas desperately wedged in the flue, but rather the sound of your podcast platform of choice rousing itself from a Christmas morning slumber to reluctantly deposit our big review of the year special into your podcast queue. Uh, so regardless of whether you've been naughty or you've been nice, uh, the Pilot TV podcast is here to treat you to our roundup of all the best bits of telly over the past 12 months. Isn't that right, Boyd and Kay? Who are with me now? Yes, it yes. is. Woohoo! I I'm love very you. excited. Ma- uh, you making Christmas references is just, I don't know, it's just giving me, yeah, all is the feels, as they say, <laughs> as the kids say. Uh oh, Boyd's been on the Baileys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good, it's good to have you here, overflowing with Yuletide cheer. Yeah, yeah. I feel very giddy. To- uh, massive giddiness, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, just, just the whole idea. I, th- I think you should have pretended that this was like Christmas Day itself, that we're doing it live somehow, like they do on. You know, we're radio. beaming out to you. We've actually got yeah. together on Christmas morning. We were in the yeah. pilot TV commune, yes. sharing Christmas Day together. I would yes, love that. Yes, the sex education house. And we would have like little stockings with all mm. names. Your your two stockings would obviously be well. Boyd's James's would be empty. Boyd's <laughs> would be midfield. I would be overflowing because mm. according to how good we've been this year, Boyd's right. would be the size of his TV. I assume. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Show off. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I should have heard some sleigh bells or something. Yes, festive. totally. Oh, yes. You know, should be wearing effects. a Christmas hat. Yeah, um, Christmas jumpers. Christmas all jumpers. Of it. I mean, I'm wearing a jumper. K- K- Kate is looking quite actually genuinely festive. She's giving off tinsel. Yes, I'm giving off glitter in this tinsel top. Tinsel vibes. Which I have to confess something. I wore this yesterday um, during a record with Boyd and <sighs> uh, <laughs> and James, and I came in today thinking, oh god, they're going to like you know say something. Neither Dirty stop out. I haven't been home, have we? Well, mm. no, not like that. But um, <laughs> neither Boyd nor James actually can have a clue yeah. that I wore this. They, it's like they did the podcast with their eyes shut. Yeah. Uh, listen, when, when you record, when we record it remotely, we've just it's just a big square with your face in it for me. I don't see what you're wearing. It's not. It's just the way it is. It's just. Mm. The Boyd, can I just say I, I really enjoy that jumper that you're wearing, which I'm obviously very familiar yeah, with. This is, because I know the right. one, it's the limited edition this supreme is, one that you bid for while we were recording exactly. this podcast. This is the oatmeal yeah. jumper, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I've also got a new jacket that I bought in New York, which is... A, which, which is uh, from Did under- you get it from the Supreme store in New York? No, that, that's Undefeated, that one, which is another streetwear oh. brand. But it saved me. I'll t- I'm going to tell the whole story in the in the normal podcast. Oh, okay. Oh, that's something so that's, to look forward to. Well, people, people will already have heard <laughs> They would have heard it, so, yeah. Because we're recording the regular podcast after this one. We're recording this, you know, a little bit of production curtain pulling back. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this one first. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Uh, but anyway, we are here to talk about the year that was 2023 and what a year it has been. So we began the year with The Last of Us and Happy Valley, which is quite a statement of intent. We launched Pilot Plus. We bid farewell to both Barry and the Roy clan, because those shows came to an end. Joe Cornish launched the excellent Lockwood & Co. Netflix cancelled the excellent (laughs) Lockwood & Co. Uh, Picard returns. Much to Kay's delight, obviously. Mm-hmm. Carnival Row flew off to live among the fairies. Kay got thirsty for the night agent, and she wasn't the only one. Netflix uh, released some viewing figures as we went oh. out, as we record this today. And uh, in case you were wondering, Kay, unless you were wondering if you were in good company, Before- 812.1 million hours of wow. the night agent. So... 812 that- million thirsty hours spent <laughs> lusting after the night agent. Does that compare to... Uh, so is that in the... Is there a chart? Is it like better Oh, it's than- just Kay's, Kay's watching um, habits. Okay. It's, like, it's, like, it's like the Spotify wrap. This is her Netflix wrap. Yeah. 812 sure. million hours. Uh, yes, there was a chart. So uh, the night agent was 812 million hours. Ginny and Georgia season two was 665 what? million hours. I don't know what that is. Wow. The glory... 622 million hours, Wednesday, 507 million hours, and Queen Charlotte, 503 million What hours. was the glory? I don't remember that. I don't know either. Not a clue. Uh, 
<laughs> but anyway, 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 the, you, we've got, I've completely derailed everything here. So, so other things have happened. Kay was thirsty for the night agent, and we have established. I, w- I was complimentary about him. Mm-hmm. That's all I would say. Mm-hmm. I wasn't complimentary like a... in a thru- sort of thigh rubbing way. Uh, <laughs> I got Taylor Swift tickets, which was exciting. Amazon spent more than the GDP of three foot of all medium-sized countries on Citadel, which wasn't very good. Oh, yeah. uh, Arnie came back and was on TV with Fubar, which was exciting. We all had to sit through Secret Invasion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Boydie and I survived reviewing season four of Breeders, which was nice mm. too. So 2023, I'm going to say, was a lot, you know. And we'll be getting into some of that over the course of this podcast. We need also need to come to blows over Doctor Who, though. but you've ended up coming out the other side as a, as a complete committed Whovian. It's, you missed that out. No one's more surprised than I am. Yeah. No one is more surprised yeah. than I am. But yes, I, I had quite the arc over the course of Great those three. Uh, it was an emotional roller coaster. It was. Mm. Was those three anniversary I'm writing, episodes? I'm writing a script based on that. Uh. <laughs> God, please don't. It'll be a trauma watch for me. <laughs> From Bell End to Time Lord, the uh, James Dyer story. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Bell End of Time Lord. <laughs> In fact, write up that script. We could have it uh, published by the time Christmas comes next year. Yeah, yeah, for listeners. Totally. Yeah, that'll be a tr- Christmas treat, mm, won't it? Stocking yeah. filler. Yeah. Yes. The, the, the pilot TV podcast goes fictional, goes scripted <laughs> for the first no, time. No, I don't know how fictional major it'll event. be. Major <laughs> event. <laughs> we tried to do a Fraser-style play. <laughs> Which one of us would be the raging Trumpian in that particular dynamic? <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah, no. Um, we'll have to get someone in for that role. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Well, as is our want with the review of the year, we do have a list, a lovingly curated list of the top 20 shows of 2023, according to the Pilot TV podcast. Now, uh, this has been something that we have hewn together amid much back and forth and shouting and yelling and recriminations (laughs) and passive-aggressive text messages but we got there we got there we have a list that if we're not all happy with we've at least down tools and, and refrained from killing each other over which i'm saying is, is you know progress yeah so that's good <laughs> to give you to give you a little insight guys we were asked to provide our lists we were i did i stayed back behind school afterwards just to like compile the list because i didn't have time during the working day yeah. i sent the list to boydie and uh, never called him boydie 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 mm. Um, and James on Friday night and then come Monday when the list was pulled together from James's list and Boyd's list um, James and Boyd denied any knowledge I of didn't get, I of never it. denied any knowledge I saw your list it was James that was compiling it James, James acted if it was so like low. he was like oh Oh, I no. completely missed that. I had, I had, in fact, missed the list. But then, so what I did was I went to the list and I thought, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to amalgamate <laughs> it. I'm going to mathematically integrate it. But of course, because Kay couldn't be fucked to order her list, yeah. <laughs> there was no mathematical mm. structure on earth that could yeah. realistically integrate no, it. No, it wasn't into in the order. List. They were my thoughts. And yeah. also, James, you could have had another dig in there because I didn't even do 20. <laughs> I did that. 17. <laughs> 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 I'm glad you only did 17, but you did list every other show known to man that happened in the year below it. That is yes, true. As yeah, as so as that was Helpful. Yeah. No, it's very useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helpful. But all I say is, I, I, the other thing is, I'm a slight disadvantage because I only did a top. You took my list from yes. the top ten I did for Empire, but that was just a ten. Oh, I only did a ten as well. Oh, okay. Because normally what we do is we do tens and then they make the twenty. Right. But as with all of these things, so so so. As, as our listeners have established over recent years, if we do it in a strictly mathematical, votey way, mm. it goes horribly awry. Yes. Because things like, for example, Succession would not feature on my list and therefore would be skewed horribly low down. Yeah. So, so, you know, even close-minded and, and ridiculous as I am, I am not stupid enough to think that Succession should not be on the list. So I was like, so I applied a filter of reasonableness <laughs> to the mathematical mm. list. Yeah, to give you credit, yeah. I mean, it, it would be absurd 
an insane to not put Succession on the list because you don't watch it. Yeah, but so, I yeah. put Doctor no, Who no, no. on the list as well. Right, but I'm you, spoiling but, the list. But you do it's watch it now. Here, I'm spoiling you, the list. You do watch Doctor Who now. You're committed. Well, to now that I know, you'll know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, that is yeah. true. Yeah. The, so, the list process was less fraught than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, it has been more fraught in the past. Mm. It has been. Yeah, I will say that the the Empire Best TV list was significantly more fraught, but the less said about that, the better. Also, to be the other thing was while you were compiling, I was in New York, kind of on holiday in holiday mode. So I wasn't really. Yeah, you may have heard about it. Yeah, (laughs) listen, listen, all about it in the final (laughs) final normal pilot TV podcast. He hasn't stopped banging on about (laughs) it since he got back. Yeah, so was was some kind of delay. Yeah, the jet lag's real. Worst jet lag he's ever had, apparently. Yeah, but yeah, so I wasn't really that bothered. Didn't care. Didn't put up a fight. Yeah, no, no yeah. fucks given. Yeah, exactly. All what right. I will say is, in my list, I've got accounted right. I thought I'd put the bubbling under section. You know, shows that didn't make it into my top ten or the, the official pilot top twenty. And there's thirty shows in the in bubbling oh, wow. under. Wow, yeah, it's good year of TV. I think it's just generally the way TV is now, isn't it? That that's just a lot. That's of why stuff. this podcast exists because we review yeah, there like is a three lot shows every week, and a lot of those shows are pretty damn good. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I agree. That's good. And you know, and what I think works quite well is we have very different tastes. You know, I'm right about most things. You two are wrong about most things. But together, we mm. cover you know a, quite a broad yeah. gamut. Yeah, you're obsessed with a particularly alienating <laughs> form of science fiction and elite, uh, elite sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, yes. elite. I mean, it's one word for it. <laughs> and yeah. hating all comedy. Yeah, but. Without further ado, shall we go through the list? As they say, is life. So, uh, so let's begin at number twenty, and it's a comedy. At number twenty on the list, we have Black Ops, which Kay was very adamant needed mm-hmm. to make the list. Yeah, and I, to be fair, it was a good show. It was a very good show, uh, and oh, it's good to have some comedy. They'll rest easy tonight. Yeah, they'll, they'll <laughs> the be pleased. Fan. But it made the list, and I think that's a good show. Yes, and, to, and, and to also be fair, to be fair. Oh, to be fair. It's a double, to be fair. Both of you being fair at once. (laughs) That's the last time this happened. No, but also, like, I was obviously being a dick then. But, um, you know, the fact that you put it on the list and you liked it, as as someone who doesn't, you know, um, genre-wise comedy make... May not be your thing. Well, so it's the fact that you specifically found it... sitcom stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. the fact that you like it actually is silly a... comedy. It's mm, yeah. <laughs> silly Let's not use the S word, please. It's very divisive round here. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's perhaps a word that comes slightly loaded. I know what I mean slightly when I use loaded. it. Slightly but... loaded. Oh my gosh, please. I, it's one of my yeah. Anyway, it's a bit of a trigger word for me now. So, um, but yes, I wanted Black Ops on the list. To be fair, you did uh, champion the show um, when we reviewed it because I remember you watched it quite early on, didn't you? Because because yes. uh, you were, you wrote the press pack. Safely say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it, it did live up to the, your billing because it was very, very funny. It had, I, what I liked about it, apart from having the core cast was fantastic. Um, Hamed Anamashon, Bemisola Ekimelo and Akemji Nifornian. Um, but it had loads of brilliant um, cameos from like Felicity, Felicity Montague, uh, Joe Martin, Joanna Scanlon, Rufus Jones was in it at mm. one point. So we want to make Alex McQueen, Catherine Kelly popped up. It was like the whole, it kind of like, Paid tribute to some extent to these kind of greats of British comedy, the whole as well as being really funny. Yeah. The reason why I liked it was because basically I just thought from the off, and it's very rare I think for pilots of comedies necessarily that that it's just got such a high laugh rate in the first episode and it stayed consistently funny. Mm-hmm. So straight out of the traps, it was funny. It was a great um, premise. So two chalk and cheese PCSOs, Dom played by Bemi and Kay played by Hamid, go undercover and it's like what happens to them and you know the undercover operation they're going to be um, taking part in. It's just like it is just flat out funny so yeah I was very particular about this and also you know like great cast as Boyd said well written well acted and a diverse talent both on screen and off screen which you know I think 
It's fantastic. So yeah, I was very firm that I think this had a space on the list. But it's, I mean, it's tightly written. It's really well acted. The comedy timing is spot on. Like it was, it was a lot of fun. I like this one. Okay, number twenty then, Black Ops, and number nineteen we have Kate's favourite genre. It's elite science fiction. <laughs> It's the Lazarus Project. Ooh. Although this was the gateway drug for you, yes, wasn't it? Like it this was. was the sci-fi show that you enjoyed. Mm-hmm. The first series was like crack because anyone who listens will know that I watched. How many episodes <laughs> in that first series? Uh, you ask a good question. Uh, I'm not sure. Of the a lot. Of eight, I think. It's eight. I think it's eight. eight. I watched eight over two days in preparation for our interview um, with uh, Joe. Joe Barton, the brain scrambling, hugely compelling show creating genius. And I was like, after that, I thought, oh my God, you know, it was fantastic. And then I had to watch the first episode of the second series. And I was like, I actually need to lie down because it's a lot to take on, but also hugely bloody compelling. So yeah, this is the thing that converted me. Yeah, I think it was funnier than the first series, which I really like. More ambitious, More ambitious. Because, I mean, it goes, he does not mess about with this one. Yeah, and, um, I mean, it's extraordinary. When you, I mean, we had him on the show, and um, uh, you can, if you're playing the drinking game, um, in which I drop names and refer to hosting Q&As, <laughs> then it's the first one for you. Um, I Get on the, the sharing, I guys. hosted the Q&A. And it became clear that that he only got a re- got the recommission, he got the confirmation that Sky wanted the second series quite late on in the run of the first series. And although he'd had ideas of how to carry on, he had you know he had to write it, and there was basically a year between the two things, two series, and he had to write it in that time. This really densely complicated kind of use of time and etc. Um, and and pulled it off. Brilliantly, like, and they were still editing. I remember when he came on the show, oh, yeah. they, and he wasn't exaggerating. They were still working on it, at like a week before, because all the episodes drop at the same time on Sky. They had to finish the whole fucking eight, all eight episodes <laughs> and get it all done in post and all that. It's an incredible timetable. I think he was a shell of a man by the <laughs> end of it. By rights, we should hate him, you know, for being that talented. No, oh, for I being so, like, yeah. 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 Uh, what are we going to say? <laughs> I mean, well, like, we don't hate yeah. him. I mean, he was no kind reason. enough to come on the whole show, and you, you now hate him. No, just because, like, yeah, as you say, he had so yeah. little time to write it. Yeah, he did. He did an admirable job. That is, I would say, the show that I binged the most. As in, I it was. I mean, it's like crack, isn't it? It's just one. That I just need more episodes. More episodes. Give me more. Mm. Give me more. Yeah. Uh, and I was so constantly cool. refreshing the Sky Portal to see when the next episodes were going to arrive. But yes, Lazarus was very, very good. I really enjoyed the first season, and it was really interesting talking to him. About about season one, which takes a sort of a tonal shift, if you will. Uh, at one point, there's a big plot switch up. Take another uh, drink. Half through the first season, when he was saying that, oh yeah, they said they needed two more episodes, which is why oh, yeah, it yeah. takes that sort of like big shift during the first season, which is genius. Uh, but yeah, it works really, really well. Really enjoyed the second season. Uh, I hope there is a third. I want more. I'm not sure if he hopes there's a third. Well, he's he doing, found it quite challenging. Well, but. also because he's doing his Netflix series with, is, that, yeah. with um, uh, Sarah Lancashire. Yeah, which I has mean, less timey-wimey stuff in it. Yeah, but still. We've still got Sarah Lancashire and Ben Wishaw, I think. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And, and, and Andrew Buchan. And Andrew and, <laughs> oh, yeah. As he is known to his friends. <laughs> Andrew Buchan. 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 Andrew Buchan. Whose show that he has written, Passenger, yes. comes out at the beginning of next year? It does, yeah. yeah. It's, in the, it's in the list I've created for the uh, Heat's upcoming preview. Oh, how many stars did it go? <laughs> uh, I don't put star rating in that feature. I see. You know? But um, yes, so he's done, so I so I wonder whether he's got time. I mean, I guess he's written this Netflix show, hasn't he already? It must have because they're filming it now, I believe, or have been filming it. Yeah. But has he got, well, yeah, will he have time to do another? Brain I'm sure. Space. I, I, I absolutely guarantee you Sky will want another one because I think it's done pretty well. It's definitely Good. a hit for them. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah. 
Right, Lazarus Project then at number 19. At number 18, it's Poker Face. Not the Lady Gaga song, but rather the uh, <laughs> Ryan Johnson procedural and Natasha Leon. The, I I loved this so much, and it bothered me how much how you know how much time elapsed bef- between it airing mm. in the US and us finally getting it here in the UK. Um, but it's one of these things like it's that kind of reverse crime, how they done it type Columbo format. Uh, but she makes it so watchable because a she's a very distinctive character generally on screen and off, but her delivery, the humour, uh, I, I absolutely absolutely loved that character and I think you know her sort of going from town to town solving all these different crimes just made it made it very watchable TV but the thing is you know I think there's there are a few things more satisfying than a well executed who done it why they done it whatever you want to call it but uh, like a like a proper little crime mystery uh, and it was great I agree. Was it? I, 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 I think um, it might have been higher, were it not for the fact that we did have to wait for it so long. I we think, did. to be honest, and it's not, I, uh, you know, it's not good. But you can't hold that against it. No, but you I think subconsciously. No, I think subconsciously, I, I, I might, we, I might have held held it against. So I'm just being honest mm. that, that you know, when Please you have honest. to wait, <laughs> when you have to wait that long for something, it gets a bit irritating. Then it arrives, and um, you're like, okay, we better live. Up. It did live up to the yeah. Did live up to the rep- its reputation, yeah, definitely. Because obviously, where we had that, you know, with the bear as well, the first season yeah. of the bear, where we had to sure. wait forever for that to come as well. Yeah, so. Have you pun? That's the thing. You're not punishing the bear, are you? Um, no, I think the bear is more obviously so outstanding that it has to be yeah. very high. Yeah, but that, do you know what? When I was in America, there's a couple of shows. I'll talk about them. <laughs> I will have talked. About I, you them will have talked about the, them on the previous I'll, podcast. Still haven't arrived on British TV that yeah. were among that are among most American TV critics top ten, top twenties. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they still be have sure like, to talk about that yeah. on the podcast. I will, that that went went last went week. Out. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> At number eighteen, then Poker Face. At number seventeen, Nolly, which I have still not seen. Oh, you absolutely because right. I was oh. off that week. Oh. Okay, so. This that answers my question mm. because in our WhatsApp group I yes. said I think Nolly deserves to be higher than seventeen and it was like tumbleweed. No one responded. But I think oh, I, I think agree. Yeah. I think <laughs> if, you didn't see crucially you didn't I know say. it was a yeah, holiday so, in New York. Boy didn't agree, so then um yeah, it got routinely ignored. <laughs> and I think this deserves to be much higher. I think it deserves to be higher than something that's in, say, slot thirteen. Um which we'll <laughs> come to, to which we'll come to. But oh, yeah. you know, it wasn't James's choice, so it's uh, it's languishing in th- uh, 17 but it deserves definitely a place on this list because I just thought this was fantastic I think you would enjoy it oh, I, I may well have done I just, it's I, Russell T Davis yeah so. I know and I, it's just I never caught up with it after we after I missed it on the week that I was off sadly oh, I forgot that you were off yeah. yeah I thought in my head I thought you'd liked it <laughs> But I think, like, this... oh, I totally agree. I wish. Oh, sorry. If I honestly, so, uh, I feel like I feel bad now for Russell Davis. He'll understand. But you know, well, Russell, if you're listening, just know yeah. that I was championing it and oh, was um, just assume that it's much higher. Re- yeah. Routinely ignored, but yeah, it deserves a space because obviously this was the three-part biographical mini-series about the Crossroads star Nolly, played by Helena Bonham Carter, who was on brilliantly camp form as. Um, the start and it felt like a tender tribute to both her but also TV mm. of that age right was it 80s, 70s 80s and both. I think for me like because I didn't watch Crossroads back in the day I thought it was I just found it very educational about this this person who was actually a pioneer back then feminist icon I'd say who had done all these th- yeah she was always yeah. raising his eyebrows I, but like I, she was I, the um, she worked with John Logie Baird to become the first woman on colour TV she was the first woman to interview she, a prime minister does that mean she minister. met Stucky Bill 
exactly. Yeah, you see how obsessed Rossley Davis is with John Loki Bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah but she's <laughs> he fact- weaves his way through yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it was factually true that she was yeah in, involved in with him. Mm. Incredible. Yeah, what a, what a story. And uh, interviewed um, was first woman to interview a prime minister or anyone? No, woman to interview a prime minister and first. Uh, TV exec so I just thought like it was just so well done obviously Helen and Bonham Carter are fantastic and uh, relishing that role but also just like had everything you know we saw how she was treated how badly she was treated when she was unceremoniously sacked and yet just had comedy tragedy and fittingly shonky sets I really enjoyed it it was it was fantastic and um it had among the highlights it had Mark Gatiss playing Larry Grayson oh yeah who was the word is overused, but I'm just going to use it anyway. I the iconic TV um, host throughout the 70s and some of the 80s, and that he was only in. It was really only he was only in that middle episode, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but what an impact! And just to and just to see him playing that that role. I watched. You know, I grew up watching Larry Grayson on the Gen Game, and he was genuine in real life. Really good friends with Noel Gordon, um, Nolly, and that that. Scene in particular is one of my favourites of the year. We're going to talk about. Oh, in the dressing um, room. Yeah, mm. the dressing room scene. Um, as I said at the time, they got what the the thing I remember always the indelible image I have of Larry Grayson was that he had always had a sweaty upper lip. Really? Yeah, it was just like weird. It's like you're presenting TV <laughs> and no one's dabbing <laughs> dabbing the sweat off your face. But Don't sweat lip upper lips shame him. I'm like, it's too late now. <laughs> he's, he's no longer with us, sadly. But they they found they they got that detail, and sure enough, um, Mark Gatiss as him had the sweaty upper lip. Mm. Yeah, they, they you know they, the they devil's in the detail. So it was brilliant, and of course it was a mystery because Russ, the the great idea behind it was Russell the, Russell T Davis in that in the um, uh, documentary that just went out recently. Imagine on BBC One, he talked about how most of his ideas have been percolating for thirty years, and this was one of them where when he watched it at the time and when she was sacked, he was like, why why has she been sacked? Mm. And that mystery he he, he wanted to find out that he wanted to come up with reasons why he, they might have got rid of her. And, and in the end, it was, you know, the theory was just because she was just too much for them, <laughs> too mm. difficult in quotes for them, and they just couldn't cope with her as a presence almost. It was just, unjustly you, treated. Yeah, but she was so unjustly treated. It was it was great, yeah. And I hosted the launch for this, and I got to sit next to Helen Bonham Carter, which was great. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. She was fantastic. You didn't obviously. tell us that story. Didn't I? What, the host? Yeah. <laughs> You've been so nasty. Oh, my God. I've got oh such no. jet lag. No, oh, jet lag. She lured him in. I assume I'm taking a piss. I actually don't remember oh, you telling yeah, us that story. Oh. So, I think, you okay, know, which yeah. is unusual for you. So. It is unusual for me, yeah. I hosted <laughs> that Q&A at the BFI and Helen LeBron Carter sat next to me and she was an absolute delight. Yeah, fantastic. That's Very all I have to say. <laughs> well, Molly at number 17 and number 16, we have a complicated story with a very simple title. It is Boat Story. The Williams Brothers boat story. Is this mm. the most recent thing on the list? It might That's be. A good question. Well, it I was surprised be. actually. There's another show that we've recently reviewed that hasn't made the list. Which, go on. But I don't want to spoil. No, I don't want to spoil the rest well, of the list, right? Well, okay, so, yeah. And afterwards, we'll get into the the kind mm-hmm. of the also rants. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, the things that you know either didn't make the list or we forgot about and didn't put on the list. To be one or the other. This was magnificent and uh, marks my. A turning point for me with the mm. Williams Brothers' very specific blend of, of comedy and drama. Uh, we've talked about it on the podcast before. I didn't get on with The Tourist when I first saw it because I couldn't wrap my head around the tonal shift. This one, however, I completely bought every second of. I thought it was incredibly funny. I thought it was really, really well put together dramatically. I loved the... I mean... 
<laughs> if you've seen all of Boat Story, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to spoil it. But this goes to some very unexpected, very dark places towards the end. I didn't see any of that coming. Uh, I really enjoyed Checky Cario as the kind of the, the tailor. Uh, the villain and where his character goes and what his motivations are and the fact that, you know, he goes from literally cutting out someone's tongue in the first episode to being like this sort of hopeless romantic obsessed with the local pasty baker. It's, I mean, it's it's extraordinary. Daisy Haggard is amazing in this. Patterson Joseph is amazing in this. Um, it's, it's a really, really well-constructed show. There is a play within a show. There is a film within a show. Uh, technically, I guess, a film within a play within a show. Uh, there's a lot going on. Didn't you host this uh, 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 Q&A for this? Oh, funny you mentioned that, boy. Yes, yes, I did. On, uh, <laughs> on, uh, for RTS, Royal Television Society. I did, I did indeed. Yes, yes. 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 That's a good job I liked it, really. Isn't it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> or is that going to be properly awkward? Well, yeah. uh, to be fair, to be fair, I believe they listened to our reaction on the podcast before asking oh, okay. me to do yeah. it. No, but you're right. It was. What's interesting about Boat Story is, for me is that I went to the... So you, you did a post... Post transmission. Yeah, it was like it was almost like a spoiler special. Yeah, like we talked about special. absolutely right. everything except for the last fifteen minutes of the final episode. Okay, oh, okay. Um, because when I I went to the sc- first screening of it, so I just hit my <laughs> hit my headphones with my finger. I went to the first screening of this, um, uh, which I think the Q and A was hosted by the great Rihanna Dillon, mm. and they and a lot and I got this and I was talking to fellow journalists afterwards because I I loved it instantly. I thought it was fantastic. A big fan of the Williams brothers' work, but a couple of people I spoke to were found the um the stylized um stuff like yeah. the 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 silent movie style titles yeah. and statisticals even maybe I don't yeah. know and the the voiceover and the and the voiceover mm. too much oh yeah but i thought that that kind of helped it's make divisive. it divisive yeah it is quite divisive and there was the other show that i've forgotten the name of that that did do had a similar kind of um very self-aware, postmodern, and we're going to narrate this story in that way. Um, but this, I think, did it better than that story of that show's name I've titled. I've forgotten. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, it's like a Christmas quiz. People can guess and then tweet us. <laughs> for me, it was it always brought pushing daisies to mind for me. You know, Brian Fuller's oh, pushing yeah, daisies, yeah. which had that very arch narrator. Uh, but this one, it's uh, it's um, it's Darry Olufsen who does the the voiceover. And I will say, mm. there's more to the narration than meets the ear. Uh, so what do you mean? I'm not going to give away the plot details. I will say, because most people will miss this, you need to stay to the end of the credits on the final episode because oh. there, is, there is a sting oh. and it involves the narrator. So oh, okay. that's what I'm going to say. Look out for that. Uh, and it's a shame because I didn't get to ask the Williams brothers about that because I felt that would have been too much of a spoiler to go to the very, very last thing. But I was fascinated about where that came from. It's interesting talking to them about this, about how the title cards and the narrator evolved over time. Like they weren't initially in it. They were yeah. things they added because I think they went backwards on for- and forwards as to whether or not they would have a narrator. Is it a bit too much? You know, does it not work? I think it's quite a good antidote to the violence and the, I agree and the dark subject yeah. matter. Right? Uh, I think that actually that really helps because it gets really properly nastily violent. That's that's why I've paused. Yeah, I don't and, know it, if I can and handle it. it's difficult. And I think weirdly, that's kind of undone. That they'll immediately diffuse that with humour. And I think the narrator being very archly funny really helps that kind of dark humour saturate the show. I think it's incredibly effective. I think, and I read some of the reviews, and they were saying some people didn't like those things. They thought they were aff- affectations. But I, yeah, I don't, genuinely don't think it would have worked anywhere near as well without those two things. So the show I was thinking of that it reminded me of with the narration center was. Um, the following events are based on a pack of lies. Oh, yes. yes. Yes, yes, yes. So there were similarities. Ah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But this, because this it was better. so, this was so contrived, yeah. it was like that, the, the contrivance was part of, as, you, as you're alluding to, in fact, mm. was part of the whole deal with, uh, with it. And yeah. yeah, so I think it added to it brilliantly. Yeah, it's fantastic. Boat Story then at number 16. At number 15, it's 
however many miles deep. <laughs> it's Silo on Apple TV+. Plus. It's more sci-fi K. She's psyched to be here. Uh, I love this. As you know, I interviewed Hugh Howie uh, and the showrunner, uh, Graham Yost, for this. Um, I absolutely loved it. I've read the book. I thought it was a brilliant adaptation. I thought they built out on that story beautifully. I think they rendered the world again, with incredible detail and fidelity to the source material. And Rebecca Ferguson, who was so good, and also, and yes, it does come from the novel, but I think it's quite a ballsy move to start a series where your lead character literally isn't in the first episode. Mm. Uh, Which is why when we reviewed it, I said, you guys have to watch two, you can't just watch one. Uh, Yeah, the the big question was, do we have this or Foundation? So we went back and forward on this. We went back and forward on this. Boydie prefers Silo to Foundation. This part of the conversation people responded to. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes. Kay obviously thinks Foundation should be killed with fire. But of the two big sci-fis on... Uh, on Apple, Apple. I, I think Foundation is the better one, but of course yeah. I would. Mm. But I was, I was. They're very different. The thing for me, Silo is completely accessible. It mm. is completely yeah, accessible. Foundation exactly. is, not, is not at all. Foundation accessible. is yes, just bewildering <laughs> for a lot of its time. It's prohibitively nerdy. It, well, it's, it's proper hard. It's sci-fi. proper hard. Yeah. It is, and it, it's yeah. very convoluted. It doesn't make. Any, any effort sense. to help you yeah. out. I need graphs. I need yeah. fat, like web diagrams. It's hard, it, it's, yeah, it's it's hard work if you're not if your brain doesn't function in that you know hard sci-fi yeah. way. Whereas Which Solo, Netflix is the three-body problem next year, by the way. Yeah, but I bet I don't know. I think Foundation is unusually unusually um, you know complex. One hundred percent. It's reminding me a little bit. That just, to, there's just there's similar shows that are very very in, slightly impenetrable. Yeah. But I didn't. I do enjoy it. By the way, I think there's enough. It's like the second season started with that fight with naked what's his naked name? fighting which naked is a fighting. good way of grabbing great your way in <laughs> great uh, way in but genuinely i think that second season was significantly better than the first one. right like it yeah. really moved things along. i did en- i did enjoy it but for me but i don't think there's any comparison silo is just absolutely not difficult to follow no, at all it's very accessible it's, but it's still got big ideas and a brilliant premise yeah and it's got arferg and it's you know got the whole the whole cast was excellent. Um, fantastic people in the cast. Tarry Walter from yeah. Succession, who's having an amazing late career. Like she's in everything, playing mothers. <laughs> you know, so. she was in Archie. She's just fantastic. So I think I think Silo definitely mm. absolutely deserved to be because it's. Late. I mean, ultimately, it's a character drama and a murder mystery. Yeah, and the sci finess of it is kind of secondary, which I think why right. Kay did not hate it with a fire yeah. of a thousand exactly. suns. No, I didn't mind this. Yeah. There you go. Consider no, I didn't mind this. At number 15, this. the show it's that a, Kay didn't mind is it's Silo. It's going on the Put poster. Put that on your poster. Yeah. Series 2. Dear Kay, can we no, have like permission to use your quote? <laughs> no, I like the first episode a lot, and that's all. Oh, I think we, you, you made us watch two. two I made yeah. you watch two. You still haven't forgiven me. Because Rebecca Ferguson wasn't in the first no, episode. she's not at all. Yeah. Right, at number 14... We're back to the skies. It's hijack, which, which is hijack is one of these things where it, it's almost a gourmet burger, isn't it? It is a gourmet it is. burger. We, yeah. we, it's an absolute gourmet, gourmet burger. burger. But like, it's an apple show. It's not a Netflix show. Mm. But I definitely hold this in the same sort of like on the level as like the Diplomat. Yes, mm. on Netflix, yes. where it's like super trashy but incredibly good value and brilliantly watchable. The Diplomat uh, hasn't made it, has it, into the... It didn't oh, make the list, no. And I'm not going to point fingers at anyone. Oh, hi, Kay, for, uh, well, it's for because he, expelling it from should, the list. No, should I tell you what, right? Mm. I, the, he's saying that, but because he insisted on the one that's at number 13, <laughs> yeah. that the Diplomat had to go. Right, right? yeah, that's right. I knew yeah. something had happened. Mm. Right, that was very diplomatic of you. Very yeah. well. <laughs> I think Hijack is a classic gourmet burger. They're both... Oh, yeah. yeah, they're both... But, uh, but it's so gourmet that the burgeriness <laughs> means that... It just has to be in the top 20. I think it was in my top 10. Um, 
because it's it's there were, there were, there's only a couple of I would say a couple of moments, not even amounting to an episode, where I I went, oh no. You've gone too far. The very end. Maybe oh my the, gosh! Maybe the, uh, yeah. we had a discussion. I wasn't even that bothered. It was about ridiculous. The I, I, Absolutely preposterous. I'm not even. I wasn't even bothered. But I was just fine leave there. it, Idris. Leave it. Yeah, you don't you need it. There's no point in deploying it, that thing in the very beginning of the story and then not coming back. To, you know, it was a Chekhov's present. It was a Chekhovian. <laughs> it was a Chekhovian present. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I just I loved pretty much pretty much every minute of it, and um, it was the most riveting. I binged on the whole thing. You know. I mean, I think I, I think I went from one to seven in one go. I yeah, think, pretty it, sure it was I one did. of those shows. I, went, so, I did pretty much the same thing. Yeah, fantastic. So we should say this was where Idris was a corporate business negotiator. He was on a seven-hour flight from Dubai to London, which was taken over. Seven hours, seven episodes. Would he save everyone on the plane? Would the passengers go mental and kill each other trying to stop the uh, hijackers? Who knew? Also, I think a highlight for me was Eve Miles on the ground as a stressed yeah. out mum. She yeah, was yeah, the yeah. Um, what was she the traffic controller, traffic controller yeah, yeah. Mm. who um, had to try and help the situation from the ground. Yeah, yeah, I just absolutely, I thought it was addictive and thrilling. You've also hit upon something rather important, Kay. That at no point what? prior to this have we actually described any of the shows we've spoken about. Yeah, I know, about. I just want to so give context. We're just assuming that shows. everyone's coming to this knowing what these things well, are, but they don't necessarily know I like to think of the person that. on the ground. Mm. Uh, yes. You, you love a person on the ground. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, we know. All right, you're the woman of the people. I am. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> Hijack then at number 14. And number 13, mm. because Kay insisted... <laughs> Oh my god! I I'm giving you stink eye. Now. <laughs> She's giving me stink eye. Yeah. It's interview with the vampire, the critically acclaimed. Oh yeah, interview James. with the yeah. vampire. That was his argument yeah. on WhatsApp. Oh, well, when, it's so critically acclaimed. <laughs> also, when James says something's critically acclaimed, what he means is I reviewed it for Empire yeah. and I gave it five yeah, stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like it, so yeah. it shall go in. Dicta- yeah. Dictator Dyer at his yeah. finest. I mean, there's some truth to some of those things. Mm. Yeah, uh, lots of truth. Th- th- come on, come on, come tell on. me. Why do you, no, you what, come, come on. on? Go on, have a go at interview the vampire. Why should it not be? on the list at number 13. Oh, I'm, I'm not engaging with this. Maybe <laughs> you, you, as it's advocate, adv- adv- right, tell us why it should I, be on the yeah. list. Oh, so many reasons. I, this for me, obviously it's one of the best shows of the year, I wouldn't put it on the list, but I think for two reasons. I think on the one hand, it is a brilliant interpretation of Anne Rice's original novels, uh, or novel, I should say, this is the first part of the first novel, uh, which does what Neil Jordan's film never did and kind of gets to the core of what that story is, which is a queer love story. Uh, I think the update, I thought they did a genius turn by, by not being so slavish to the original, which begins with a plantation owner in the 17th century, but updating it to the 19th century, making the making Louis a man of colour and putting him in a kind of a racist environment in New Orleans and sort of exploring that whole racial dimension as well as the queer dimension. And then the way it's structured, it's so beautifully put together. Sam Reed, who, Kay, I know you're a big fan of from uh, the newsreader. Twit too. Indeed. <laughs> he he is so fucking good as Lestat as well. Um, I, I, I Jacob Anderson, of course, is Louis. Fantastic. Bailey Bass as Claudia when she comes in the dynamic between the three of them is incredible the only thing about this show if I would say there's a negative it does take a while to spin up to speed and I think if you didn't stick with it like how many episodes did you guys watch okay I'm assuming it's one I, watched, I did enjoy like yeah. just to say I did enjoy it and I enjoyed both their performances it's just that I don't think yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Did you, yeah. How many boy, did you get through? I got like three or four. Three or four and I found okay. it too slow. You found yeah. it? It is. It is quite yeah. slow. It's uh, it's deliberately paced. Yes, yeah, so uh, it's deliberately paced. Yeah, it, but it, I think it, it revels in its setting, and mm. it is very much a kind of a character piece. And I think, which is why I actually think, you know, 
like I say, Kay didn't hate it, but it, it, because the vampirism of it is obviously a key part of the story, but it is about how these characters interact. And I think the vampirism is just the weight that's upon them. You know, it's like Valui, it's him wrestling with his morality. With Lestat, it's boredom. It's centuries of a sort of ennui that's just a way upon him. He's bored of life. He's bored of humans. He's bored of everything. And he's trying to feel alive again. And Louis does that for him. And he finds Louis's, you know, reluctance to just slaughter his way through New Orleans frustrating. And then the way they treat, and when Claudia arrives, bearing in mind she's a, she's a young girl trapped forever in this kind of prepubescent body, she has these incredibly sort of frustrated feelings about never being able to grow up, this sort of weird, almost forced Peter Pan syndrome. I think there's so much in here that's fantastic, uh, and I cannot wait for the second season of this. so uh, I mean, it is a lot better than the, the witch. Thing. I was just thinking I mean, that. The yeah, witches of Mayfair. Witch, I mean, it is. Oh, yeah, Mayfair yeah. witches. It is a lot better <laughs> the than witches, the, witch. the witches of Mayfair. <laughs> do you, Mayfair. Know, what? Do you yeah. know what? On the advertising for that show that the BBC put out, they put a quote from a reviewer. I don't know who the reviewer was. It might have been an influencer. I have no idea. But they said, they said the by far the best Anne Rice adaptation. Oh, I mean, yeah, I've seen that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, no. what? Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the other one that this is spun off from, which is yeah, much, much which is better. Much, much better, yeah. you maniac. Yeah, no. Uh, I enjoyed insane. My Fair Witches, but it's not a patch on this. No. Not even close. Uh, interview of the Vampire, then, at number 13, controversially. At number 12, it may look the same, but it's not. Dead Ringers. <laughs> it may look the same, but it's not. Um, this was one of the big surprises of the year for me, because um, it was part of the whole, you know, kind of, we're going we're gonna to redo... Um, 80s films and turn yeah. them into TV series slightly pointlessly in many, many cases. Oh, like Fatal Attraction? Yeah, Fatal Attraction, Grease, um, oh, yeah. American, American Gigolo, Gigolo, which wasn't yes. too bad, yeah. but too long, went and on this a bit. Was the this was the twin surgeons yeah. who routinely swap places with a little text saying, switch. Exactly. And um, the original film was because Jeremy Irons, and this was this was um, Rachel Weisz. Rachel Weisz, who we interviewed as well for the podcast, and she was, she was great. I Hashtag just, pilot, so Weisz. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I just think it, it was brilliantly done. Um, and the the gender switch, which I think, you, you know, in many in many cases when they do this, it's just a bit of a gimmick and a bit of a just yeah. a way, oh, let's do something different, obviously different. But this completely changes the whole tenor yeah. and uh, what the meaning of the whole story. Yeah. It's completely revolutionised it. And I like the, the original film, by the way, the, the, the Jeremy Irons film. But this was just fantastic. And... and there are scenes like the big. There's a big um, dinner party kind of scene where all these characters. And, and remember, the family is clearly that one of many, many examples this year of a drama which, based on the people who did made OxyContin, that um, drug and ruined the lives of Sacklers, the Sackler family, ruined the lives of millions of Americans. Um, so it touched on that, and that that I'd say that dinner party scene where the kind of the equivalent of the Sacklers were d- talking about. To giving money to these women to run their new um, project, to run their new centre, their gynaecological centre, so to speak. Um, it was all that, that scene itself. I, I've com- I'm com- it was completely memorable, fantastically, brilliantly written. It was just, uh, and it had a proper ending. It had a proper beginning, middle, end. Um, I thought the ending, because it pulled off the ending so well, that's partly why I think it deserves to be up there quite high in the top 20. Mm. I was less attached, so I'm going to let James... No, I, I, I thought it was very, very good. I think Boyd is right. Like, it changed the entire energy of the film. And I kind of think that the... F- <laughs> I think almost it was necessary for a 2023 retelling of that story so that it didn't feel really creepy and unpleasant. I mean, don't get me wrong, it has its moments of being quite unpleasant, but, yeah. Yeah. We should say it was written by Alice Birch, the playwright, was kind of wrote it. Sean Durkin directed quite a lot of it, you know, who's currently, you know, getting 
quite right, brilliant acclaim for the Iron Claw, the the wrestling that's right, drum that's yeah. Oscar tipped. I mean, you know, brilliant people involved, and I think it uh, it showed on screen because um, Karen Kasama directed it as well. It's really it's just beautifully made, properly one of the most cinematic yeah. kind of limited series ever. At number eleven, it's Doctor Who. Well, I mean, you know, if you're going to insist on putting it in there, James, <laughs> then fair enough. Who are we to argue? Indeed. I Can I just say, like, yes, I, you fu- can. I fully endorse this because, I mean, obviously it's a no-brainer, like we're saying, as if it wouldn't be in this list. But the three specials were very special indeed. The Giggle was my favourite of all three. And obviously, you know, it was fantastic because Neil Patrick Harris was great in it as the very camp toy maker. They had that excellent Spice Girls montage and then it was the introduction to Shooty as the Doctor. So we had all those things but what I loved about it is that from from the people I've spoken to Whovians, Boyd um, it was satisfying and thrilling for them like these three specials but more importantly, from my personal perspective, it really drew me in as a non as a non Hoovian, and I thought, actually, do you know what? I think that's really great that it appeals to both sectors because now I'm invested and I really want to see the Christmas uh, episode on tonight. See what I did there? Oh, yeah, seamless. And yeah, and so Christmas I just special thought, I missed the screening off because I was still in New York stranded. Maybe my heart's bleeding a little. <laughs> yeah. I just need to get some. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I just thought, yeah, this is this is fantastic and definitely. Definitely worth the brilliant the thing, yeah. The brilliant thing that Russell T. Davis has done and does does with Doctor Who is it is incredibly accessible, mm-hmm. and so thus someone who's not a Whovian like you and, and me and James can get it, can get this, these stories and enjoy these stories. At the same time, there's kind of like these were particularly the middle one, um, uh, Wobbly Yonder was quite in in, in sci-fi terms, proper mm. sci-fi. I would say, you know, not hard, not like, you know, no, not but, foundation but level. Not quite foundation but, level, but, you know, proper, proper sci-fi, sci-fi, sci-fi concept, yeah. executed, yeah. And incorporating at the same time who folklore, you know, the, the, the incredibly dense official history of the show. In that episode, there were loads of references to that um, when um, the evil versions of, of um, David Tennant and um, uh, Catherine Tate were kind of trying to exploit each other. And Catherine Tate said she saw into into the Doctor's mind and could see what he'd been doing in recent years. That was very, like, for Who fans, that was fantastic. And then in the third episode, in The Giggle, the bit where when Shooty Gatwa appears for the last 15, 20 minutes of the episode, which is a brilliant coup in itself and a fantastic moment of excitement, he, to- he reels off a whole list of stuff that the Doctor's been through because he, this new version of the Doctor, is trying to help this old version of the Doctor come to terms with all of the stuff, all the trauma that he's gone through. And that was pure life like fan service on one level because a list of stuff you know that we all know about if you're a Doctor Who fan that won't mean anything to you mm-hmm. but you get why he's doing yeah, it yeah, yeah. and it makes sense so he I think he, Russell Davis I mean you know I call him a genius every week so it's no, it's not news but these these three episodes did absolutely mm. show his genius to the fore and what a brilliant thing the fact that he's back at the helm show running his favourite thing ever and for the rest of us who there's just no one else who could do it like that but that's exactly it like when you say his favourite thing ever I think what comes across even to someone like me who is a non-Hoovian the absolute passion for this show mm. shines through in every page of that script like all of it just feels like it's it's crafted by someone who absolutely adores adores it and he's incredibly invested in it and cherishes it and I think that makes such a difference and even if I don't understand all the references I feel that affection mm-hmm. kind of radiating off the show which this is This feels great. like pure joy Yeah mm. it does He's had t- He's got two shows in our top 20 What a triumph yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're into, we're into the top ten now. And at number ten, we have the other show on this list I haven't seen. Oh, God. <gasps> the Reckoning, which we weren't oh, able to that's, see. that's why it was oh, yeah. on the list originally. It, so, Nolly and The Reckoning, just pulling back the curtain slightly, were not on my first draft of the list, just because it didn't cross my mind because I hadn't seen them, so I completely forgot about them. That's I'm, really given an insight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very glad that it's made it into the top 10 because the reckoning was just the story of Jimmy Savile um it was it was if you thought like the hardest thing to attempt to do in a tv drama might be to tell the story of Jimmy Savile at this moment in time yep and ev- lots of people's hackles were raised people would like i don't think this should be made when mm-hmm. it was announced when it was announced, people have a go at steve coogan because like the tabloids particularly hate steve coogan anyway because he he's always slagging off the the way they work um but they pulled it off brilliantly and i can't imagine a better version a better way of telling this completely revolting story of the a story of this revolting man and making it feel real and and adding to the general sense of what he who he was and why and i just thought i just thought and he was you know one of the performances of the year without doubt he couldn't have been oh blood chilling yeah couldn't have been but better. more than just an impersonation, I thought. Yeah, because he's already impersonated. We've seen, as I said, sorry, we've we've seen him do Jimmy's having impersonations for comedic value, mm-hmm. and to, and to somehow turn that into a proper three dimensional performance of someone who is obviously a monster is 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 unbelievable. Another really great thing about this, I thought, is that Neil Mackay had involved the victims, so it was bookended by their testimony, so it made it even more real, and you know, I thought it was sensitively done. I also hosted the press conference. So this was one of the most remarkable um, press events I've ever uh, hosted because all the all the um, journalists going had to watch all four hours in one go that day. There was a break in the middle, and then they stayed on for. And it was the the Q and A went on for an hour and a quarter. Well, and, and half of those questions were from the Daily Mail. It was it was were. unbelievable. It was it was. I mean, it got to the point where literally they had to close, had to stop it because the staff weren't employed to carry on maintaining oh, wow. the BBC theatre, and they had to literally go. We have got to stop now because the staff have got to pack up and go. Fair enough. It was unbelievable. Reckoning at number ten and number nine. Only murders at the end of the world, aka a murder at the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I just think, well, we've we've now reviewed the whole series and so I just have to say a brain-scrambling, thrilling and terrifying conclusion to this whodunit. Um, that had me gripped and I think for me it's like every the things I enjoyed most about it, the writing, the characterisation, but like the casting of Emma Corrin and their emotive performance as Darby, which was totally mesmerising. The beautiful scenery, everything about it. I just thought this felt like the slick, smart, thought-provoking drama that we all deserved. I mean, so obviously there are no, there are no, there are no bigger fans of the OA than than me and James. Um, oh, does James like it? Oh yeah. my god, yes. Oh yeah, my god, yeah. I thought it was just you. Oh, no, 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 no. It's <laughs> it's, a, a it's amazing. Mm. It's absolutely. Do you think amazing. I'd like it? Yes. Uh, mm. possibly. Maybe I'll give it a go then. You've got to give it a go. It's hard to say. I can see her getting on with season one more than season two, perhaps. Season two goes mad. Yeah. yeah. But I think, yeah. What, Yellow Jacket's mad? There's a psychic no, octopus. No, there's a psychic talking octopus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, your mileage may it's vary. Like, it's like, what's during the World Cup? There was that octopus that chose the, um, the football team. Yeah, they similar, yeah. Similar. Brilliant, very, I'm into it. Very, very yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, just to get the new, how exciting to get the new thing from the creators of the OA uh Brit Marling and Zalbert Manage and for it to be this beautifully well it just had all the things also it's like if the these talents are among the greatest talents working in this 
area in the world and um, they come up with a show that is part Agatha Christie who'd done it, part meditation on true crime, part kind of indie hipster romance and everything else thrown in. It's just, it, I just couldn't, it was, it was like, you know, it's it like it was made for me, us slash us, if I include James, like we're a couple. Um, uh, and <laughs> the, the execution, power couple, guys. And the execution was just magnificent, but you're right, Emma Corrin, the key to the whole thing, you mm-hmm. can, and it's a cliche. I'm going to say you can't imagine anyone else in that role. No, no. She's, it, yeah, they are so good. Yeah, it's it's but it's interesting that this was not universally well received. That said, neither was the OA, quite frankly. No, so uh, I found it quite interesting that a lot of people did not like this show, and I I was a hundred percent on board for it. It's not a passion on the OA, but very few things are, and I don't think that in itself is really a criticism. Uh, I I think it's a much more straightforward. Uh, less audacious piece of storytelling, but also a very accomplished one. I think it, it, it managed to put two mysteries, intertwine them perfectly, and make you equally invested in both of them. You have the modern-day uh, whodunit mystery at the at the retreat, literally, at the end of the world in Iceland, and then you have the historical murder investigation about the mm. serial killer, the silver doe killer. Uh, and um, Harris Dickinson, who is magnificent as Bill. Uh, Clive Owen, very, very good. Great. The oh. so muscle like Andy. Yeah. Um, and and Brit herself. Brit herself. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it does a really good job of, of shifting your suspicions and your sympathies by degrees each episode, which I thought was really interesting. You're never quite sure where your eye is settling. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it was one of the most enjoyable watches uh, of the year, I think. And also terrifying because it is our future. Thanks, Kay. (laughs) Fair, but yes. Uh, At number eight, at number eight, it's Barry. Mm. (laughs) What's that mean? Are you a Barry fan, Kay? I didn't engage with it, so I am... Kay doesn't engage with Barry. Kay, who is herself the raven, does not engage with Barry. (laughs) Oh, Boyd, tell me, what's what's he he doing there? There is a character in this who goes to prison, and when he comes out, he's covered in tattoos and calls himself the raven. Oh, yeah, I missed that. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting with Barry. I mean... It's funny because we've hoped we've, it's not. It wouldn't be in my top ten, I don't yeah. think, because I actually preferred the previous season, the penultimate season. I, I agree. I think the penultimate season yeah. is better. I think it is a good ending, and I think it works well. Yeah. yeah. But Barry was on that interesting incline, wasn't it? Where it started out as a a comedy with dark humour and drama, and then gradually became more of a drama with occasional dark humour, yeah. and by the end was basically a drama with the odd joke here and there. Yeah, it basically turned into like. Like better call Saul, but, a little bit. but less funny, <laughs> you know. And um, that's fine. It was beautifully made and all that. I, it's, it, it's, I'm, I'm giving reasons why I, I like <laughs> slightly negative, but it just is so good anyway at its natural level that it still deserves to be in there for yeah. sure. Um, so yeah, it's a very very good show. It's I think it's extremely well written, and Bill Hader just proved himself to be kind of a, a real powerhouse making yeah. it. And Beth, of course, of this parish, uh, uh, this adores parish. it. Yes. Absolutely. Oh really? Yeah. I think I threw too much. I mean, I seemed to throw shade at it, and I didn't mean to. <laughs> it's more that I just had nothing to say about it. So That's I'm fine. Like, That's fine. I might mm-hmm. watch it. It's uh, it's definitely worth your time. It, it's, Alert, uh, Bill Hader. Yeah. <laughs> As I go back to with uh, with this, the episode with the should we say Karate Kid remains yeah. one of my favourite episodes of television. I remember yeah. that for me was when I watched that. I was like, I have just watched half an hour of pure genius. Yeah, that is that was the peak. It was it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. Like so much so that when I watched that episode, I had to kind of text everyone I knew. Like, oh my god, I just watched it. <laughs> 
and the bike chase as well. Also fantastic. amazing. Yeah. Also amazing. Yeah. yeah. Some really, really fantastic episodes in that. But uh, Barry then, the final season at number seven. Slow Horses. Mm. Now, I haven't <laughs> watched the whole series like you guys have, so I'm not mm. going to... Yeah. Hey, come on. So all I'm going to say is, from what I've seen, I prefer the second season to series one, and I loved series one. And... This is the third season, by the way. Oh, bloody hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> See, no, that's a perfectly legitimate uh, mistake yeah. to make because there were, remember, there were it launched same, last year, yeah. but there were two seasons of it last year. Mm. We got season one at the beginning of the year, season two at the end of the year, and now this is season yeah. three. So what did you prefer? I mean... Was it one, two, or three? <laughs> okay? yeah. One, two, or three? Yeah. Ooh. No, I, I prefer this season. I don't, I'm just going to stick with it. Yeah, this is the best season. That's yeah. why. And, to, and that's down to Gary Oldman for me. In the same way that you can't imagine anyone, like with Emma Corrin and Darby, I can't imagine anyone else playing Lamb. I can't actually, yeah, mm. I know oh, what God you mean. No. It's just, just when he's like, he's, he's on a foot pursuit and he goes in to order a double Donna kebab. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just, it's a complete inversion of everything that we uh, have come to expect from, from spy fiction, right? Like, like you don't, you know, we are so used to seeing these kind of like dapper Lotharios and instead you've got Gary Oldman who's like got curry stains on his coat and he's just like, you know, farting at everyone. It's he looks just, like he lives in a bin. He's, Oscar, he's essentially Oscar the Grouch, right? <laughs> every single scene that he is in, in this in this show is mm. fantastic. It's gold, like, yeah. Every moment you just want, and I think they actually quite cleverly ration him a little bit. So, you know, there is an, it's an ensemble. You know, yeah. you've got all, all the characters are, 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 are important. Jack Loudon, Jack you know, great. Kristen mm-hmm. Scott Thomas. Yeah. Oh, the two of them, when Kristen Those Scott scenes, Thomas and Gary yeah. Oldman are together. Yeah. Oh, just, just, just incredible. And also, like her scenes with Sophie Okonedo in this series, I think made yes. it elevated it really for me good. above the first two because you've got that dynamic as well. There's lots of different, different kind of dynamics, power dynamics playing out among the, the all, all the different characters. I just thought this story was the most compelling and intriguing. Like, why were they kidnapping um, this woman, and how did it all revolve around the very first scene? Which is kind of um, set in the foreign land. Where is it? Set? Yeah, in Istanbul. Istanbul. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's a it's a boat chase across the Bosphorus. Yeah, which was spectacular. Like, it's a Bondian sort of like yeah. intro sequence. Yeah. Um, so um, I just thought this was yeah incredible. This was like the most gourmet. It's not even a burger. This is a gourmet. It's a gourmet meal. Oh, this it's is a gourmet a five meal. Star, this is this Michelin. Is five star. It's gourmet. a gourmet double donna kebab. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, it's got Shopeterisu's in it. I just didn't. It's like yeah. you know the main new guest star being fantastic so yeah I, I I love it so much Catherine waters them by the way yes yes <laughs> in a blink at your miss her yeah. appearance in the first episode yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. absolutely spoiler incredible. alert uh, slow horses down at number 7 at number 6 and this was a complete fluke that at number 6 we have <laughs> the 6th commandment I mean, in the realm of true crime, of which, you know, there are, there's, I would say every week, it's barely an exaggeration mm-hmm. to say there's another true crime drama on some channel or other. Um, and this was just didn't feel part of that genre. This, this is a script by Sarah Phelps, friend of the show. Um, just an object lesson in how to dramatise a true story that is about horrendous, horrendous crimes, but not never feeling exploitative or literally focus completely on the victims and their families and how what they had to deal with. And this horrendous man, and but just kind of not glorifying in him, just showing how pathetic he is really throughout just... And, and, and the performances, oh my God, I mean... 
Like so, every single person in this, we should say this is this is the story of how uh, Churchwarden oh, Benfield, <laughs> Aina Hardwick, manipulated, seduced, <laughs> and ultimately and murdered a respectable and highly intelligent schoolmaster, Peter Farquhar, played by yeah. Timothy Spall. And I thought he gave an exceptional performance, and Aina was just like it was fantastic casting because he was deeply sinister mm. and and also charming in that role. You can see how you know Peter is a highly intelligent, um, respectable man was won over by him. So, yeah, I think... And I think Sarah's dedication to putting the victims front and centre and her sort of tireless research really Oh, yeah, this was, was research pacey. within an inch of its life and you could mm. really tell. Yeah, and you two did a, an excellent spoiler special with uh, with old Phelpsy on this very podcast on Pile of Blast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah. And people say, you know, things are victim... People... Everyone, everyone who ever makes a true crime drama says we're focusing on the victims. No, but this really did. Yeah. I think there was just a difference... A palpable difference between what she did with this show, and it was just so moving and fantastic. And that's part of Timothy Spall, Anne Reed. I'm just reeling off the the card. Sheila Hancock, Annabelle Scully, brilliantly, brilliant. Oh, um, yeah. as as Anne Moore Martin's uh, niece. niece, phenomenal. So yeah, it just everything about it was just perfectly done. At number five, come on. <laughs> Kay, what's at number five? Colin from Accounts, yes. <laughs> the comedy drama that came out, seemingly came out of nowhere and that stole our hearts. I think it's safe to say we're all fans by the end of... Um, Would you call it a comedy yeah, drama? I think I'd just think call so. it a straight up sitcom. That's what I was going to say. Actually, yeah. rom-com. Yeah, it's a rom-com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a full-on comedy. Well, it, I mean, what happened to Colin was a bit dramatic. So <laughs> that <laughs> that's the true. drama right there, guys. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so boy meets girl, girl flashes boob, boy runs over dog. I mean, who knew this was the uh, meet-cute that we all needed Girl pees lives? into boy's uh, dresser. Oh, yeah. I was wondering where the was going. I was like, where? Well, I mean, she does. <laughs> yeah, I know. I forgot about that. But um, yeah, the characters of Ashley, played by Harriet Dyer, Gordon, played by... Patrick Bramall, and of course Colin, the Border Terrier with wheels. Um, yeah, it's a word of mouth hit, which we couldn't, well, I personally couldn't get enough of, and I cannot wait for season two. Funny enough, I watched an episode of this on the, on the, on the flight Where to remind to? myself. Somewhere. Where from? <laughs> not, not saying. Just, I was just on a flight. It was just a long haul flight. And they had it all, I had it on the uh, TV entertainment system. And I thought I'll rewatch the first episode partly in anticipation of this uh, podcast. And Patrick Bramall is, I mean, they're both really funny, but I, I forgot how just, he's very mm. Gervaisian, is what oh, I'd say. Think? Yeah, I really thought. And a lot, I think Ricky, I think Ricky Gervais's performance as David Brent has had a, is a massive influence on, I mean, dozens and dozens of comedies, dozens, dozens and dozens of comedic performances, but you definitely get it. The way he, I'm not, it's Brent not criticism. S. No, but do you it's think a, he's Brent-esque? I think there's a little bit of Brent. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, oh, and that should be that should be an additional reason to watch rather than anything else. And the and the performance by the dog, by the way, Zach as Colin. I mean, you forget it has to go through a lot because they have to dress him up in all the all the paraphernalia when he's <laughs> you know can't walk. Yeah, I mean, extraordinary performance by the dog. Listen, Absolutely he brilliant. was more than compensated in Pedigree Chum. I'm okay, sure. Good. Other food providers yeah, available. Fair enough. Lest we forget episode seven of the. <gasps> of that show remains one of the most squirm-inducing things of the year. Oh, God, it makes yeah. me want to peel my skin off. <laughs> and you missed the anti-cringe comedy. Yeah, you, you don't with it. And you yes. I know, I know. This is that, the thing that, one that episode, we managed to get past James. Well, I'd had to psych myself up for that one because I'd stopped after six. I was like, okay, Kay's warned no, me about No, horrific, seven. horrific, James. And so I just watched most of it from between my fingers while hiding behind yeah. the sofa. So. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Colin from Accounts then at number five. At number four, the bear, the bear all covered in hair. It is the bear. 
Mm-hmm. The second season of The Bear, which, and people thought that you couldn't top the first season, the giddy heights of the first season, and yet they smashed it with the second season. It is, I would say, by degrees better than the first one. It's absolutely incredible, you know, them putting together that restaurant, the grand opening, the Christmas episode, one of the most stressful hours of television <laughs> I've ever sat through, followed by Forks, one of the greatest hours of television I have ever sat through, including that wonderful Taylor Swift moment, which we all love. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I mean, it's magnificent. It is an absolutely magnificent show. And the finale, the use of music in that final episode mm-hmm. when they're doing the Friends and Family Night, like there's that uh, that Pearl Jam drop animal that they play when they're doing uh, bringing out all the orders. And then, of course, the walk-in freezer. Who among us has not been broken up with through the door of a walk-in freezer? I mean, it's cold, literally. That shit is cold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, oh my God. I mean, I loved series one. I didn't think you could, as you say, surpass it. And then series two came along with the beef launch. Also, you've forgotten to mention, Kami got a friend who was a girl. That's true. Yeah, big development. Sydney got fed up with being taken for granted. Fair enough. She was treated like shit. Um, And Marcus went to Denmark. I mean, there was so much. I think the Denmark episode. I think think the Denmark, because people talk about, you talked about the the Christmas episode. Forks and fish. Those are the big show-off-y and they they're brilliant don't get yeah. me wrong but I think the Marcus episode with going Will to go, yeah with Will Porter was mm. the most soulful and and beautifully modulated and judged episode of the whole thing for me and I really like the later episode with um, Olivia Coleman yeah which yeah, is that similar that's false Sim- yeah. and I think that is a soulful episode yeah yeah but it's it's. I, I think the um, it's showy it's, it's showy mm-hmm. yeah. that's, what I'm, that's what I'm alluding to yeah, yeah. whereas I think there's yeah, an understated beauty to um, the, the the Marcus episode, which was the name of the Marcus episode, uh, which just that's my favourite, and I think the the reason why this second season is so much is is so much better than the already brilliant first season yeah. is because all the supporting characters in quotes, the whole ensemble gets to do an incredible amount of stuff, mm-hmm. whereas the first season, in my memory at least, is very much focused on him. And fair enough, you know that's the that's the core cool story. But the, the democ- democratization—I've used that word—of the second ep- season is what makes it so brilliant. I think, and the music all the way through. I've got like I've got a playlist of just of the of the bands. Oh, really? oh yeah, REM, um, Bruce Hornsby. There's a Bruce Hornsby song that is fantastic that I'd never heard until it was. It's the one that opens the whole season. You know, there's the whole shots above of Chicago. And there's mm-hmm. a Bruce Hornsby song which is. Which is just phenomenal. The man who did the way it is, um, and Elvis Costello's in it in the in the um, fishes episode. Mm. It's just could not it could not be better. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully love it. shot as well. Yeah, it's 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 magnificent. The bear then at number four and number three, it is the show of the year. <laughs> <laughs> the undisputed number <laughs> one, despite on, being dickhead. at number three, it's the Last of Us. <gasps> well, we should. I think. This show, I mean, I think this really is an incredible year for TV. And I've I've seen I've already seen some um, like critics lists where they've slightly said it's not a, such a good year, and that you know, yeah, I've seen that expressed. There's a general feeling that peak TV is, is past its peak. There's a whole people writing think pieces about That's you right, know, yeah. it's all. Um, but actually, if you stand back up. from it, yeah, it's very not m- you. Them. No, thank yeah, you, boy. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you all you meant, I think. Um, but for me, like this top three. I mean, really, the the top four actually, yeah. Um, because the bear is just phenomenal, and will be in a lot of people's number mm-hmm. one. But the top three are three absolute cast iron classic shows that are going to be among the best TV series of all time. Yes. I'm saying right now. So even the fact you you jokingly say it's yeah. only, only it's only there's, a, three. there's a way for any thin, other year, yeah. it would be number one. We yeah. could we'd go along with it. But for me, the the top two have to take their place in the top two ahead of what is already best best episode of, best single episode of the year. Absolutely, hands down, episode three 
is, I think, the best single episode. Oh, uh, but I do think the reason why it's not in my top two is because I, that was so much, such an emotional, brilliant thing standing away from the rest yeah. of it that, you know, it's not the rest of it, brilliant as it is, isn't quite in my top two. <laughs> I, I came out of this and was like, I've just, it's January and I've just seen the show <laughs> yes. of the year. But to be fair, this was my show of the year before I'd even watched it. So yeah. uh, I do think, so my expectations for this couldn't have been higher. This is my favourite story of all time. Like The Last of Us is my favourite video game. I've played it through so many times I can't even tell you. I feel that game, that story has so much emotional weight and it's so artfully constructed. I love it. And I honestly thought there was maybe a 1% chance they wouldn't shit the bed spectacularly with this. I really did. What a delightful expression. <laughs> yeah. I really did. I thought Merry Christmas, everyone. I wasn't everyone. expecting bed shitting in this, in this so festive, this is otherwise a apocalyptic uh, world in which, like, f- like fungus, like crazy, like, uh, uh, sort of uh, a fungus, a fungal infection has, has turned people into zombies, essentially. Uh, and it's about Joel, who is a guy who's trying to transport a girl called Ellie across the sort of shattered husk of America Uh, that is essentially the setup but it's just brilliantly done like Pedro Pascal as Joel is incredible you know he's not what people imagine because Troy Baker is so synonymous with that role from the games and in the same way that Bella Ramsey as well who plays Ellie like people are so wedded to the performance of Ashley Johnson but they were both so good in this and I think they were really 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 close to the original game narrative when it worked for television and then when it didn't they moved away from that and they made it feel more like a dramatic thing the episode 3 being a perfect example of seeing that story which is such a minor thing that you only really hear about sort of second hand through notes and hearsay uh, Bill and Frank's story and there we see it play out over this whole episode and it's just this beautiful love story uh, I, I think this is an absolute masterpiece this is and this is a question that will come up a bit later on this is not just one of my favourite shows of the year this is one of my favourite shows of all time uh, and I oh think it's I think it's an extraordinary watch well the top two are among my favourite shows of all time so yeah <laughs> fine good Boyd has allowed it. Yeah, I allow that <laughs> excellent The Last of Us then at number three slash number one at number two Succession yeah, I'm down. I'm fine with it. To me, I I think the top two are completely. I can't separate them. Oh yeah, in my they mind. could be interchangeable. They're interchangeable. And they're, three. They're, huh? And three, and not quite three. <laughs> no, not three. Um, <laughs> just two, nearly three of the greatest TV dramas two. of all time. I had the number one, um, uh, the number two and number one. So it's just saying Succession is number two in the our official pilot TV chart, and um, it just. What's the, what is left to say? I mean, that the finale, the whole of the final season, incredible. We're talking about greatest moments of the year, but the whole idea of killing off Logan Roy in episode three, I will never forget where I was in my room watching it on my giant TV about <laughs> two in the morning, and no, you just had no idea that they were going to do that, and mm-hmm. and that's such a coup, and it was so brilliantly handled. The whole scene on on, on the yacht. During you know the, during the wedding that's about to arrive, all the characters gathering and and being on the other end of the phone and not being with Logan, all of everything about it was genius. To overuse to use that overused word, and it, it just and an absolute peak masterclass in making drama and just an incredible 
a fantastic spine tingling coup to do what they did and then the second and, and, and I did think the only thing that was got to the end of the episode I thought, what are they going to do now seven episodes without Logan Roy how can that possibly work well they did and it got even more incredible and the final scene and there are more unbelievable scenes you could you could there's probably like five six seven scenes potentially best sequences of the year and then you get to the finale and I'm mean, talk about the landing they they just achieved everything you they wanted stuck it. they stuck that fucking they landing the, landing. the most they stuckiest hopped the landing they slid the landing no turbulence there uh, oh everything about the landing was stuck <laughs> to the nth degree and it's and it and it's definitely a contender of the sopranos and all of breaking bad better call Saul, the west wing of tv the drama of <laughs> the best TV drama maybe when second season arrives The Last of Us in 10 years time hey, <laughs> so it'll hey, take them a long time to make it yeah, then it will be but no it's one of the greatest shows ever yeah to echo like I just think it was such an audacious move for Jesse Armstrong to kill him off and it's just like oh shit like but actually ultimately it's the right decision because then we had all those glorious episodes of seeing how the cope how the kids would cope with their grief while also some of them still vying for the throne and then seeing like how you know obviously Roman in his protracted breakdown Shiv um, devastated by the fact that she didn't get say goodbye um, and then having her kind of toxic never-ending cycle with Tom brackets pregnant um, and then also with Kendall just like that the fact that he just cannot let it go and he still has his eye on the prize. It was just exceptional. An exceptional end to an exceptional show. And James doesn't watch Yeah, I like the episode I saw. <laughs> James, <laughs> James, to the... I, I, I love the fact that a lot of our listeners are infuriated by the fact that James does not watch this show. He was too busy just, with Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, that's, that's To be it. fair to him. D- to, hey, I watched... Did I watch, I watch, did I watch two or three episodes yeah, of the final he did, season? He I can't did. remember. And I watched five episodes of the first season. I watched... Two episodes of the second season, I think one of the third. He's I'm sure, it a good go. I'm sure Jesse Armstrong is very <laughs> yeah, grateful. There you go. For all the time, yeah, you've committed to no, it. No, I do you know what? And I'm this is rare, but to be fair to James, he has given it a good go. No, he has. I mean, that's fair. not put it like this I wouldn't have watched seven episodes oh, of a show right, I hated. What True. Or one episode of Foundation, but that's not it. Do you know what? I think you're wrong about this. Just side note James was not saying I didn't watch the full episode, and I'm pretty sure I did. I, I, I'm absolutely certain because the first one is long. I think you, you took. Oh, you were like, no, I'm out. <laughs> I refuse. Mm, I can't remember. What it's a re-listen sitch, yeah, but yeah, we yeah. both know. Well, I'll tell you, you what. That. Tell you what. Watch it again on the weekend, and let me know if you caught the end. Fuck that. <laughs> and kudos to director Mark Mylod, of who directed all the big episodes, and was of, on this podcast because we had him on this podcast twice. In mm. fact, and he was absolutely brilliant. He's, as a talker about a show, he cannot be beaten. I, th- I loved it. I loved him. Yeah. Well, that leaves one, specifically number one, and it is one of the first shows we saw this year. Yeah. It is. The conclusion to Sally Wainwright's Happy Valley. I mean, <laughs> what is there? What what is there left to say apart from we're obviously doing a podcast about the best TV shows in here, so we have to talk <laughs> about it. Um, everything about this, sorry, um, uh, Sally Wainwright's writing, Sarah Lancashire's performance, the performance of everyone um, in in the show, James Norton as Tommy Lee Royce. She made us wait seven years for the brilliant reason that she wanted the young kid, Tommy Lee Royce's son, to grow up mm. to the point where he could have his what his decision making could be real and dramatized, and the actor playing him could act that these, the challenge of being the son uh, by sexual assault, rape of you know of of. Of this of this horrendous character, and um, it totally paid off because we waited seven years for one of the greatest series of 
TV drama ever. And it did not let us down in any way whatsoever. And was so and, and the side story, I thought, a lot of people complained about the side story, but some people complained it, was, it kind of ended too quickly a little bit. You might say that if you're being ultra-critical, but I thought the side story was fascinating with a story of um, a horrendous man of um, coercive control mm. and downright abuse, in fact. Mm. And that was, the, the detail of that was brilliantly handled. Every episode was it was funny at the same time as being chilling and intense. I mean, do you remember that, how tense it was? That that meeting between the two sisters, Catherine Coburn and her oh sister. My oh my God. Yeah. When she's, like, when she's like, oh, where are you? Oh, I'm here. And, she's, and she just goes and Through sits on the window. Window. You're like, oh, oh yeah. Shit. Like, oh my God. Shivers. <laughs> shivers yes. down the Terrifying. spine. And then the final confrontation between Tommy Lee Royce and Catherine Coburn. Over the kitchen table. Over the kitchen but table. But also remember how it began. It was simply, hello, hiya. They yeah. just like literally, yeah. it was such a yeah. simple. And her, and her acting it. has there ever been a the, the acting and the script in, in what she was saying to him when she was tr- trying to convey how how dis- how he destroyed her life to some extent it was just yeah just a, it cannot be beaten. Mm. I'm trying to avoid using the word incredible that I must have used. But it, I mean, it times. was it. Was, but it, that final episode was a classic example of give them what they need, not what they want. Yes, mm. because that's not what we would have asked for. That's not what we were expecting. You thought it'd be an explosive. You ending, thought right? it would be something violent, and mm-hmm. and it was just like it was something very, very different. And I think it was just it was beautifully put together. Uh, I, I I loved everything about that final series of, of Happy Valley, and it just it just her writing is absolutely peerless. But Sarah Lancashire's performance yeah. is just. It is on another level. James Norton as well. Don't get me wrong, mm. but but her performance in particular was just that. Just and, and I think weirdly, the, one of my favourite scenes was exactly that one you mentioned, where she sits down opposite her sister mm. with just that look of absolute betrayal on her face. It makes me feel tense um, now. Oh my god! Yeah, it was the most <laughs> the most tense conversation. So good. Happy Valley then, our show of the year, Pilot TV's number one pick. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> we've just talked about the ending, but hopefully we haven't spoiled anything. I wouldn't told you exactly what happened. But yeah, everyone go and watch that. And indeed, everything on this list, if you can. Uh, helpfully, at no point did we say where any of these things were streaming. Oh, um, but I think, do you know what? It's a Google. It's a Google. Uh, it's a Google. 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 Yes, Our listeners are ex- educated. It's yeah. the Christmas holidays. What else are you going to be doing? You don't want to speak to the family. Come That's on, true. get on Google. That's true. Just get on Google. There is actually, <laughs> I should say, and I'm not plugging them, they don't pay me, but Just Watch, which is an app and a website that will show you where anything Hashtag is. Hashtag ad. Uh, it's quite James handy. is getting paid for this. Uh, mm. I wish I were, but they're very good. I use that, so that's very good. Uh, now, now, you know, before we move on to many other things, including the festive post bag, otherwise known as Santa's triage sack, uh, let's <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> let's talk about our. Because people did ask, one of the questions that got sent in, one of the most popular questions that got sent in was, you know, forget the top pilot list. They wanted to know what our individual K numbered lists were. Uh, <laughs> those of us who, you know, bothered to number them. So, so, uh, so, so what are our top tens? I, I mean, okay, I have them so- in front of me. Would anyone <laughs> like to read out their individual ones? Um, no, but I'm just going to change that up a bit. And instead, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to mention some things that were on my list that didn't make the cut. Okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay, (laughs) so I'm just doing what I want. Take over the production. Um, So Unforgotten, I felt like that belonged on the list Um, just because it was life after Cassie. It was. Nicola Walker, it was always going to be hard, but I think Chris Lang handled it so well by not trying to replicate that wonderful chemistry between her mm. and Sonny and instead um, introducing DCI Jesse James played by Sinead Keenan, who was the polar opposite. So, yeah, Unforgotten. The Tower 2, although, mm, 
you know, I enjoyed the second series of The Tower with Gemma Whelan dealing with not one but two cases concurrently. But out of the two of them, actually, maybe Unforgotten belonged more on the list than that. But yeah, I enjoyed The Tower too. Um, okay, and then very quickly. Now, listen, I I put this on the list and I knew it was never going to make it, but... <laughs> we'll go that way. <laughs> well, because it had the word Beckham in it. Right, so I, in terms of documentary, I documentaries actually, because I've had another one to it, but I felt like the Beckham documentary was a masterclass in documentary making, as is the second one that I've decided, which is Welcome to Wrexham. Right, Bex, for the incredible access and showed a side of him that I don't think we've seen um, and covered his life and career in, in great depth. Maybe not the as in-depth as a lot of people would have wanted, but as, as as deep as they would ever allow. And it was nostalgic and it had amazing access to contributors um, who, you know, added to that kind of feeling that you were getting to really see the man behind the, you know, the, what do they call it, brand, <laughs> Brown Beckham. And uh, remind us that he is a fantastic footballer, he was. So, yeah, the Bex documentary I thought was very slick, well-produced and uh, well-executed. And then Wrexham, I just think it offers so much. So the story of the underdog football club, but also the highs and lows of the people associated with it, the players, the people who behind the scenes um, of the club, the locals, the supporters, um, and I just and the fans and the owners of course, of course, Ryan and Rob. I just thought it was funny, heartwarming, and a roller coaster of emotions. So I wanted to. The reason why I mentioned those documentaries is that I thought it's nice to cover a different genre that isn't um, sci-fi, but um, they didn't make the cut. So yeah, that was on my list. I had so basically I had Dead Ringers at ten. Sorry, that's not true. I Dead Ringers at 11. Um, I put, <laughs> top 11. You're top 11, yeah. William. 10, Sex Education, which we haven't really even mentioned. We mm. haven't mentioned. But it, I, loved, I mm. loved it all the way through. I tackled a lot in the final season, but I, I thought it was by and large brilliant. Very, very, very good. I, it's the weakest season of the three, but, uh, of the four, I should say. But it, that's not, again, that's not... Weakest season of a... Of a brilliant show. Yes. It's yeah. still a brilliant season. Still incredibly addictive. Show. We'll still watch the whole thing yeah. in, in the back. I should mention, we have, obviously, we have our, our spoiler special of Sex Education on Pilot Plus, yes. which yes. people can listen to. Yes. Uh, where we speak to uh, Laurie Nunn, mm. the creator. And, and not, not least of all, we also, I mentioned Last of Us, we have three spoiler specials oh for The God. Last of Us on the wow. feed if people want to listen to it, Ridiculous. including many, many interviews with the yeah. cast and creators. There you go. Uh, Hijack was at number nine in mine at the Gourmet Burger. Eight was Doctor Who. Might need to go higher because, I don't know, yeah, I may have put that in before I'd seen the third one. In fact, I think I hadn't seen the third one when I answered that. Number seven, The Sixth Commandment. Number six, A Murder at the End of the World. Number five, The Last of Us. Five, really low because the bear sneaked in the head. I think the yes. bear, I think the bear, yeah, for me, better. Yeah. <laughs> Just better. Just more, more, Premium. Bear, more Premium genius episodes. Right Slow Horses at three. That's very, wow. very high. Yes. I know. I just, when it comes to sheer pleasure, I, I, one of the most pleasurable watching experiences for me, undoubtedly, Go was with Slow your Horses. Heart, I've gone with my heart, thank you. I've got Happy Valley at two and Succession mm. at one, but they're, as I said, they're just, they're both just the, among the best TV shows ever made. So, yeah, it's a tiny sliver of Succession over Happy Valley, but a very, very small sliver. That seems fair. Yeah. That seems fair. James, tell us yours. Well, Foundation one. No, no. <laughs> number one is obviously The Last of Us, given that it was the best show of the year. So that's uh, that's my number one. My number two is Happy Valley. Oh. Uh, my number three is The Bear. My number four, Kay's favourite show, Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> my number five was Slow Horses. And my number six was Foundation. 
Uh, number seven, Colin from Accounts. Number eight, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Oh. Of course. Which is amazing. And the musical episode of that is a work of art. Uh, the best thing Star Trek's done in a very, very long time. We'll get onto Picard a little bit later on. Uh, and number nine was Silo. And at number 10 was The Diplomat slash Sex Education slash The Lazarus Project slash The Wheel of Time. Uh, the Wheel of Time, I should mention, I started The Wheel of Time because Helen, when she reviewed this for us, she gave it four stars. And I was like, is it though? Like, you know, I was the first one. I was like, I don't know. Like, I love it, but it felt like a bit of a guilty pleasure. Let me tell you, they really did knock it out the park with, uh, with season two of The Wheel of Time. It really, really built on its momentum the story sort of took off Kay agrees Kay's really into this yeah. shit I'm nodding um, all the stuff with the Sean Chan I thought season right. 2 was great so I really really enjoyed the Wheel Sean of Time Chan? the Sean Chan oh, yes okay. yes fine uh, so yeah love a bit Wheel of Time so that, that was my that was my elite sci-fi selection for you and elite it was and elite it was okay so we should probably at this point in the proceedings talk about the shows that didn't make any of our list, the shows that we haven't discussed, like the kind of things like like Fleischman is in trouble, which lots of people have, you know, have been bigging up this year as one of their shows of the year. And I think we all enjoyed it, mm. but I didn't actually press on with it. Did I, you, Boyd? Did which you, one? Fleischman did. is in trouble. Yeah, I, the, I did, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg Belatedly. Yeah. Which people love. Yeah, I really, I did really like it, yeah. yeah. That's a very Lizzie booby Captain. show. Very booby. Lots, just, but lots of just general sex all around. Mm. Yeah. Because the whole thing is about him, yeah. you know, checking everyone. Yeah, to some extent, yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed it, yeah. I, thought I it did awesome. as well. Yeah. I thought Claire Danes was great. Yes. <laughs> right, well, we got ourselves, yes. in, a, we got ourselves <laughs> in a conversational conversation. Good, good, this is going well. Uh, okay, what else, what else can we talk about? So, okay, just to get out of the way, I referenced this slightly earlier, but Picard, right? So, Picard <laughs> had its third and final season this year. And this was a roller coaster ride because I reviewed this based on the first, I want to say four episodes, maybe five, and gave it four stars. And we're like, this is incredible. Picard has finally found its groove. It's hit its stride. You know, as it heads into the final furlong, it really, you know, took off. And then I have to be honest, like the last few episodes of this, I really didn't like at all. Like I felt You've got like, to be honest. I've got to be honest. be honest. It started really strong and then I thought fizzled out because it kind of went to the Borg well again. And on the one hand, I get why they decided to end it there because they felt like they had to because of the people involved and, you know, Picard's connection to that. But equally, I was just like, no, just stop. So, you know, not everyone feels this way. I know, you know, it, it was voted for when we did uh, Empire's... Shows the year list. Certain one member, staff member, not me in particular, did root for it. But um, yeah, I thought I thought that was it was a bit of a mixed bag. Was old Picard for me? Mm. Okay, how did you feel? <laughs> that is how I felt. Okay, okay. Anything else you would like to bring up? What other shows oh, you'd like to uh, you, tip your hat to? Thirty, thirty. Shows. All right, go on. Hit me with your thirty shows. Time, the prison Time. drama. Very um, good. Fantastic prison drama, Jodie Whittaker, etc. Knock about sex comedy time. Yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> gruelling viewing, but absolutely just in a justifiable, justifiable way. Starstruck, series three, yes. really good. Yeah, any other year probably would have made it in the top 20. Blue Lights, mm. which was in the top was 20 for a half long time. Year. Yeah, it was yeah, in and it very year. nearly made the top 20. That was one of the surprises of the year, because I think yeah. it was a new, a, a fairly new to TV writer, I believe, fairly new cast. I mean, some recognisable faces, but it was, it was one of those things that slightly fell under the, flew under the radar and then word of mouth. Mm. It was really thrilling. It was. A fantastic Northern Ireland set, um, kind of police drama that was re like had conspiracies going on within it. Absolutely brilliantly done as well. Um, I know Kay mentioned The Unforgotten and The Tower 2, which I agree mm -hmm. with both. I thought 
they were both excellent. Juice with Russell yes. Tovey and Mawan Rizwan was hilarious and that creative my, and inventive. That was on my long, yeah, that was yeah. Two just, words, cake arm. Exactly. Yeah. The cake arm moment. Inventive, Brilliant funny, cake arm moment. original. Um, the full of that, full of the House of Usher, um, and one of my. Are we doing moments of the year separately? Are we doing that, or should we mention? Do you know that? what? Go nuts, boy! Do you Go do crazy. whatever you want to do. The finale. <laughs> Sound like my dad. <laughs> the finale of episode two. Of no the, spoilers. Oh, okay, fine. For episode yeah, two. Yes, okay. Episode I know two, which bit you're referring to. Yes. The, literally, the end yes. is an extraordinary sequence. Or like they're actually doing the sprinklers. This, the sprinklers, mm. exactly. Uh, yes, they are really doing it. Fellow travelers with the the yeah, um, yeah, yeah. romance between. Mm-hmm. Two men in in the kind of era of communist witch hunts, etc., which included the extraordinary foot sucking scene, which has to get Jonathan Bailey. Oh my god, the the foot sucking! Who can forget the sucking of the foot? Yeah. Um, and they just did it. It was not. It wasn't CGI foot. It wasn't a rubber. I, 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 foot. I thought you meant it wasn't in the script. No, like, no, they no. Just did it. one of them just whipped his sock off and stuck <laughs> yeah. his big toe yeah. in the mouth. He was yeah. like, "What are you doing?" Johnny Bailey's. Yeah, was Johnny Bailey the suck? I can't remember. Anyway, the sucky but yes, or the I believe. He, he I believe the, he was the sucker, sucker. rather than yes. the sucky. Yeah, I think Matt Boma was the Boma. He was the yes, more. Yeah, he was the dominant. The dominant. Yeah, the dom. So that was amazing. The woman in the wall. Yeah, I really. Really liked. I think partly because it feels like a long time ago um, that I didn't put it in my top ten. I mean, there's so many contenders, but I really, really liked that. I, I was absolutely addicted to that. I kind of watched all the six episodes of the. I mean, that was about the um, what the laundries, what they called? Yeah, the Magdalene laundries. laundries. And yeah. it was Magdalene. like a, it was like she woke up and she there was this dead person in her flat, um, and and she kind of worked out the, and the mystery of what how that happened. And but the backdrop of it was that the Magdalene laundries were awful, awful. Mm things that happened um loki i mean loki you know had incredible moments i thought the finale, the finale was, brilliant. was brilliant yeah everything leading up to it was uh, was <laughs> less so well no this, so this second season i thought i thought it kind of meandered around a bit and it didn't have mm. the character beats that the first one had it didn't have the intrigue or the mystery of the first one and i was disappointed by season two of loki until the finale which yeah. i thought they really landed yeah. the finale the finale is one of the best single episodes yeah it's, it's sure. very very good yeah the crown was up and down but you know i i, I loads of episodes i really loved um there, there's moments of it that stood out for being like weird like the ghosts of Diana and Dodie yeah which I by the way if you listen to my I asked Imelda Staunton about that and she was like I haven't watched it and I was like really really not watch this moment because she just didn't want to enter into the discussion about it I think that was interesting gave you short shrift that was fascinating yeah her match was having none of your bullshit exactly for all mankind now we're rough we're in the middle I think in as we speak of this of this current season like pretty much halfway through but I've watched you know, I haven't finished watching the finale yet, but obviously it's all on how on our Apple um, preview. But it's absolutely brilliant. Still. The last three episodes, incidentally, have only been on ah, your on the Apple screen yes. service for the last few days. Right, so. right. So I might devour that for the rest. But it's still a fantastic, fantastic show. I loved Lupin as I mentioned yeah. when it came out. So did I. Right. Oh, mm. there you go. Yes, yes. Before she watched that, was that that was a cultural exchange? It was. Yes, it? Yeah. you got me to watch Lupin. The theft of the Black Pearl from the Place Vendôme is one of my favourite sequences of the year. Easily, I thought it was fantastic. Lesser known Pirates of the Caribbean spinoff. Exactly. Um, Boiling Point was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, so good. So stressful. Yeah. So good. Fantastic. Open with like a ten minute one shot. You know, rather than the whole thing being in one shot. I, I distinctly remember. I I think I watched that. You remember when I hosted that Continental Q and A, and I had to and I did back. hosted another one. Yeah, and I. 
had to trip back across your ends in the pouring rain yes. at silly o'clock in the That's morning because right. they shut the trains down. Did you steal yeah. an umbrella? I, and I stole an umbrella to do it, yeah. a continental umbrella. And I was watching Boiling Point on my iPad on the bus trying to get back to the station. That was like my Jeff, that's like your Jeff came. Yeah, it yeah. was very yeah. much like yeah. that. Torrential rain. <laughs> um, the, long- Except, the airport, not yeah, the president. I was, yeah, I was on a bus and not, you know. Yeah, in business, business class. class on a time. Yeah, <laughs> true. The Long Shadow, which is the Peter yeah. Sutcliffe, That's right, uh, brilliantly yeah. done. I thought they could not have done a better job with that story than they did. Again, slightly because there's so many true crime shows, but they they did a really really good job. That was a very good with one. that show. Heartstopper season mm-hmm. two was Heartstopper, great. Heartstopper, yes, really good. You know, probably better than series one, in fact, I'd mm. say, in a way. More kind of slightly spikier, in a way. Rain Dogs. Do you remember Rain Dogs? Rain Dogs. Absolutely loved you. Did you hate it? Uh, no, I, I really oh, no. liked it, but okay. it's like, it's I mean, a lot. it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Well, we could cash Carraway, but at, what, what a brilliant um, what a brilliant talent um, that she wrote that show. Um, was your favourite, was in it, of course, Kane? That Farthing? Yeah. No. Um, Daisy May Cooper. Daisy May Cooper. Uh-huh. And Jack Farthing. Was yes. it? Jack Farthing. And they were an amazing duo. Yeah. Jack Farthing's been giving he, excellent bell end this year. Re- oh my mm. God. Legendary bell endery. Top Boy was absolutely. This is phenomenal. the end of Top Boy. The wasn't end it? of Top Boy. Mm. And the finale of Top Boy is another one of the best episodes of the year. I um, do need to. So I, the yeah. only episode of Top Boy I have ever watched was that season where they go to Jamaica, which yes. clearly isn't really representative of the series as a whole. No, no. So I need, to, I need yeah. to go back and rediscover it all, that. It all comes together brilliantly in the final season. Of top, but I have to say they did a fantastic job. That's that'll be in a lot of people's top tens or twenties, mm. I think. Um, inside number nine, the mm-hmm. always brilliant, but this was the the year of the the special episode they yeah. did where they completely tricked everyone. <laughs> the bait and switch, the, a massive bait and switch, including when I interviewed them for this fucking podcast. And they were like, "Oh yeah, we've they done it." They duped you. They ju- totally duped me. They created the idea they were going to do it on the buses style broad <laughs> sitcom, literally wear, with a photo of them all wearing on the buses style clothes. But what actually happened was they said, "No, that episode's been postponed," and they showed this like this spoof of a quiz show hosted by Lee Mack shot as it as if it was a quiz show with a shiny floor in a studio and if people haven't seen it it's on the iPlay you've got to see it one of the great how many coups. people do you think switched it off Quite a few, apparently, because in the they did this with the fa- famously with their Halloween live episode a few years ago. You haven't done that yet, um, and the guy, the, the league, of, the guys, the, the inside number nine guys were like, "Yeah, quite a few people did switch off, which make they're very proud about. They really love the fact that they, they did it that well." And people tuned out. Yeah. I'm sure the BBC were thrilled. Well, uh, yeah, probably not, but it, again, the invention and boldness of the inside number nine proved Black Mirror. I particularly mm. liked the Sam Hayek episode, Journey's yes. Awful, which was the really self-referential mm. postmodern. I thought it was brilliant. And the episode the, which I host the screening of, which was Beyond the Sea, um, was I with the astronaut, was really devastating. And the, the home invasion scene in that is a lot. That was mm. one of the biggest, like most in, intense scenes of the year as well. Only Murders in the Building, which we did mm. controversially. I think that's a mixed mix bag. Well, what yeah. I was going to say about it now, looking back on it, I mean, but, you know, it, that, we annoyed for many, many oh. of our listeners. Yeah. That was frustrating from an admin point of view. I'm looking, I'm giving James Paddington Bear Hodster. James didn't take part in it. I did. I was a conscientious objector. Mm -hmm. In in retrospect, it started so well this season. Like that first episode, I think the first two episodes where Meryl Streep arrives, they do the table read Mm -hmm. for the play, was so funny and brilliantly done that the more it got into the mystery of it, of why the poor coach died. It. Yeah, I didn't care about it either. And I, I wanted to see it, the machinations it tailed of the off, It tailed off in the middle. It got itself back in the end, but it is a flawed season. But the high, high, highest heights, the first couple of episodes, I absolutely loved. And Mel Sheep, brilliant. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel ended. Mm-hmm. 
It did, yeah. I've, I've still got to catch up with it, but apparently it's absolutely brilliant. You know what else ended? Reservation Dogs, which we discovered yes. this yeah. year. Finally yes. got around to watching, which was very, very Belatedly. good. There was uh, Best Interest, was a really good um, Jack Thorne drama. Do you remember that? Mm. Really, really good. Really well done. Really thought-provoking. There She Goes did a one-off hour-long special with David Tennant, etc. I'm nearly finished. I told you there were Are you reading the list I sent you? No, this is, uh, partly you, you remembered some things in, in that list. Yeah, thank you. But There She Goes was brilliant. Well, again, would be in my top 20 any other year. I love There She the Goes. The Change was really good. One of the best comedies of the year, I thought. That was funny. It was yeah. funny. Um, Dave. Oh, right. Now, here's another thing. I caught up with Dave on the flight there to JFK. You know Dave with the little Dickie, little Dickie. thing? Yeah. The finale of Dave, season three, has a Brad Pitt, extended <laughs> Brad what? Pitt cameo, playing a demented version of himself. That is fucking hilarious. Honestly, it's one of the best episodes of the year. And I love Dave. And it might be the episode that turns maybe even you. It's so funny. Brad Pitt is so funny in it. Um, I won't say much more to spoil it, but it's absolutely brilliant. I was so... I just thought... I need to finish Dave. And, and it was on the airport, air, the flight system, so I watched it. Um, and that might be about it. I think I've got through, yeah, got through the things. I mean, you haven't mentioned Star Trek Strange New Worlds. No, I haven't. Which had its musical episode, which was legendary and had singing Klingons. And you, yes. you can't really go wrong with that. What do we have? We had The Morning Show, which yeah. returned for its third season, yeah. which we did the spoiler special for on Pilot Plus, which was very good. The Lovers, Kay, which you yes, loved. I was going to mention that. There you Johnny go. Flynn. That's right. Luther had a movie. Oh yeah, it wasn't very good. But you know, do you see the, the Netflix fix? It did amazingly well on did Netflix. It? Yeah, it's in like the top, I think, four, five of like most watched mm. Netflix things ever. So I mean, they'll be probably. Well, do you be... know what? Shadow and Bone. They released the figures for Shadow and Bone, and they weren't bad. And so not, it's not good in Co. Uh, well. And not yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and, but it's it kind of like, but they weren't bad to the point where it's baffling well, that it I, got cancelled. I'd read someone commenting on this, and apparently the, those figures. Uh, overall figures for w- numbers of people who watch some of it, but the figures for those who actually watch the whole thing within a certain time, that's what Netflix is looking for. Apparently, the golden rule for Netflix success is a certain number of people watching your show pretty much in its entirety, binging on it within quite close to when it launches. Is that that's the that, <laughs> that's so very specific? It's very criteria. annoying and yeah. very specific. Yeah, but I also think it was a timing thing. I think they did mention that the strike meant that it lo- it missed its window, and they thought right. that it would be too late for it to get its audience back. But anyway, that was a thing that happened. Uh, what other shows? I mean, Ted Lasso finished yes. yeah. this year. Yeah, very, uh, um, yeah, yeah, and it was really good. And it was yeah. good. It was good. No more Ted Lasso. The Wheel of Time returned. We've mentioned that already. It was excellent. Uh, And obviously Sex Education finished too. We mentioned that a little bit. I should mention that everything prior to us doing this also out bit, we recorded on a separate day. So if we're repeating ourselves at all, that is the reason why. (laughs) Yes. Yes, (laughs) We've ran out of time the first time, so we've come back here. Uh, Yeah. The only thing I'd add, because you've pretty much ticked off everything on my list, is that I would add Smothered uh, mm. to the yeah, list, very, no, which really I good. really Have loved. you watched the whole thing? Yeah. Have you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I have six episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to watch Get that. Get on it yeah. over Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been, a, it's been a brilliant year for TV. It has been a good year for TV. Mm. Now, we mentioned that scenes of the year were a moment I wanted to touch on. So scenes slash episodes of the year. Do you have any that you want to champion yes. before we charge off? Right. Happy Valley. So I was trying to think of which one I would choose from that, and it's Tommy and Catherine's final showdown at the oh, kitchen yeah. table. Easily, no yeah. brainer. Or, or the, the you know the conversation in Greg's. Oh, I know yes. the Greg's <laughs> is good, but this the, was the ultimate. The this ultimate was the finale, finale. Yeah. the showdown that everyone wanted. As you said in the last episode, or whenever we discussed it, you said it wasn't the one. It's all a blur. <laughs> it's all a blur. Time just has for, no Just for transparency, we've done a podcast uh, every day for the last three days. We have, so. and we literally recorded the regular podcast before doing this second half yeah. of the review of the year podcast. Pe- so it's 
all kind of blurred together. But you said um, we got the finale that um, we didn't know, you yes. know, that we needed. The one we needed, wanted. not the one we wanted. Yeah, and yes. I think that's really, that's right. And it was powerful, it was poignant, it was tragic. Tommy was like reduced, he was almost like a little boy, at first tetchy and then seeking her approval, almost like wanting forgiveness and she yeah. was having none of it. So it wasn't explosive, but it was ex- exquisite and I think the perfect ending. Succession now, Boydo, I was trying to pick... Yeah, one and it was hard because there were so many but actually I plumped for the finale um, the bust up between Kendall, Shiv and Roman so Shiv tells Kendall he can't be CEO um, citing the fact that he killed a man and he goes to hit Shiv and Roman reminds him that she's pregnant and insults Kendall's kids in the process and they have a punch up and it's all witnessed by the assemble board and it was just spectacular and it was just a stark reminder I think that the business and um, sort of Logan has corrupted them so much that you know it's both informed and destroyed the relationship they could have with each other and it was really you know it was amazing and tragic Mm. at the same time I mean there was so many all I'd say is um, the Shiv um, and Tom scene at the party the biting one Uh, yeah no no the the, the confrontation on the balcony of the party oh my god yeah that was that was so difficult that was a confrontation for for all time and that was just an amazing a couple tearing into each other so that is a contender for scene of scene of the year, and where me. he basically says, "Yeah, it's a good thing you you ha- you know we didn't have children yeah. together, and she's yeah. actually pregnant." Yeah, and, and and of course Logan's death in episode three, and mm. that whole which they shot one version of, as the director said in in our in our podcast, um, all in one go. They did a whole take of the whole thing, pretty much from when they when they they're told that he's dying on that plane, on the on the yacht, and they're kind of running around trying to work out what the, what the fuck to do that was they did it that was just insane mm. and so yeah i mean there was i think there were three big huge contenders for i scene also of the like year this is i also succession. like the one where they made that uh, the blender of yes, all the and the blender the, scene right all the Four. gross stuff and yeah. we're going to get kendall to drink yeah. it if you wanted to be ceo anyway incredible doctor who the toy maker spice girl dance montage in the giggle spice Pure up your life camp joy oh it's amazing um the bear now <laughs> obviously the forks yes is my favourite episode. Yes. However, <gasps> yeah, I've gone for fishes because it's the Christmas special and the the scene around the di- uh, dining room table. Too stressful. Where they have that fight. I mean, and, also involving a fork. Yes, where Mikey <laughs> is retelling the same old shit story again and again and Uncle Lee is fed up and then Mikey throws the fork oh. and it all kicks off. You would 100% throw the fork. Mate, that fork is in your eye. If you were telling one of your, yeah, if you telling one of your Star Trek stories, but no, Boyd is telling the story of how his flight got delayed. Oh my god, no, actually, Boyd, steady. I think I would fork you to death. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that has to be the scene. I mean, episode-wise, Forks is the best episode I think for me. But scene-wise, um, Fishes and that round the dining room table stressful scene was just so exquisitely done and I actually read that um, the actor plays Mikey who I can't remember the name of um, he actually does improv you know the the table flipping moment yeah. but he, he asked permission because obviously all that that food was set and everything and he waited to, and they said alright the last scene just try it just last take rather have a go and he did it and that's one they used so brilliant and then the last one I just mentioned is and just like that and the Kim Cattrall 71 second long cameo just because it was so you know like everyone was talking about when's she going to crop up in it when's it going to happen and I just think it brought some kind of closure to the character that was largely forgotten about and disrespected because of this um, feud much like myself <laughs> Yeah, but in this case, it was much maligned and wrongly accused. Um, And yeah, and I thought actually it was quite nicely 
Oh, was it nicely handled? I think it was just handled and we needed it to be handled. So we needed her to appear and then go off and we can just hopefully move on. Although I don't, you know, I say that. Do I want another series? We should all move on. Yeah. Mm. I'd hate watch it probably, but... Um, and that's me done. I've mentioned, I think most of my scenes of the year while we've been doing this podcast. So obviously the Forks episode, as we've mm-hmm. referred to, the musical in Strange New Worlds, the finale of this season two of Foundation, which was absolutely wild, the final episode of Sex Education, which was lovely and in yeah. many ways a perfect button on that series, uh, the Loki finale we've touched on, the kitchen table you mentioned, the Last of Us episode three, but also the prologue to the final episode, which features Ashley Johnson, the original Ellie, as mm-hmm. Ellie's mum. And that was a lovely, lovely moment for those of us who've been with those characters for a very long time. Uh, And beyond that, I just want to leave you with six words, which I think sum up this year perfectly. And it is simply, I like to let it breathe. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Right. (laughs) Okay. Fine. Well, um, before we head into the Christmas post bag, and we are running drastically out of time because Boyd and I have to go to the theatre. But before we go into. I have plans. You know. Kate probably has plans. But before we get into Santa's sack, steady, uh, <laughs> let's have a guest. You've heard us discuss the Williams brothers and their excellent boat story already, but they return on New Year's Day with series two of The Tourist on BBC One. And so excited were we that we sent Boyd to speak all about it with the lovely Jamie Dornan. And so excited was Boyd that he forgot his microphone. <laughs> so if the audio is a little little bit ropey, yes. it's Boydie's fault. Yeah, true. Here's Boydie and Jamie Dornan. How are you feeling about the tourist season two now? Any any change in your mindset since I saw you uh, at the launch two weeks ago? No, I think it just I guess it just feels more sort of tangible now because it's closer to when we get to you know the you know, everyone gets to see it. So it's exciting. It feels, you know, um it does feel like I guess when the uh first when the first series uh, came out, um, really quickly after it came out, uh, we went to LA for all the madness of the Belfast Awards season stuff. Um, so in a way, in the UK, I, I I wasn't that privy as much from what I'd been told and I knew it was doing well, but I wasn't really in London like feeling it, I guess. Uh, so it's been nice actually just being here and... Um, getting a sort of palpable sense of how much people enjoyed the first series, you know, and um, yeah. it's, 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 it's cool. I'm, I'm excited to serve something up that is the same, but different, I guess. Yeah. Because when you signed on for series one, um, famously that it was supposed to be a limited series, wasn't it? There, were, there weren't yeah. any plans for it to be to yeah. returning. Um, did when you when you were asked to sign off for series two, did you have any like did you did you have any concerns? Did you talk to the, the Williams brothers about you know how it was going to go in series two to make it feasible that it would work as a returning show? Yeah, to be honest with you, a lot of that was logistical on my part, you know, and I'm I'm sort of flexing whatever um, sort of creative muscle I felt I had or uh, alliance based on my position within the show and how well the show did and I was exec producer in the second series which they told me would happen should it happen and I said well listen then <laughs> I've got to have things suit my um, situation a bit my, my, my family would up it before everything else and I said look if you guys can come up with a, a story that that uh, is, makes sense uh, is, um, uh, to not be in Australia uh, which was easy enough I mean um, based on my character remaining Irish and, and, and just, you know, the fact that um, it's called the tourist. I mean, we could kind of, we could kind of go anywhere we like with it, I guess. 
Um, and uh, I, I didn't I didn't say much other than I just didn't think I could logistically go back out to Australia so soon after with my family and put my wife through that again and the kids into school again. And we did have a great time. The kids loved it, but you can't be doing that every year, every other year. It's too much. Like so, you know, it, it ended up working out pretty well in the end. And and I do think it 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 adds something totally new to the show by 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 proxy of it not being in the outback. Again, it has a different feel, you know. And the, the locations in series two are, are fantastic. Like it, there's a kind of real same kind of visual sweep to it. You know, did you yes. were you aware of those locations? I mean, obviously, you, you know, you, you're from that country, but you, were these places new to you as well? Maybe I'm trying to think that going when you yeah, we shot most of it in Wicklow, which I would have spent a fair bit of time in Wicklow and and the mountains there and and the coastline there. I'd know pretty well British Bay. I'd know pretty well. Um, but uh, for being a very pretty small island, like uh, it packs a punch, Ireland, you know, and, and it, you can go an hour down the coast or go to the other side of the country to the west, <clears throat> and it's it's very dramatically different, you know. Um, so when we needed something to hit a bit harder in terms of drama of the the coast, we did do that. We went west for a couple of days, went down to Ackle Island and in, in Mayo, and and um, you know just breathtakingly beautiful uh, part of the country. Um, so that was uh, that was pretty cool. I hadn't been there before. Um, and I actually made that journey down there. And I was like, there's a, a bay called Keem Bay, which is probably one of those photographed and Instagrammable uh, like beaches in, in all of Ireland. Uh, uh, and I'd, we'd driven, I'd finished shooting that day and we had to drive like four hours across in breadth of the island. And I slept for about five hours. Then we filmed all day, and then I had to fly back and go straight to work again, or drive back and go straight to work again. And I was like, "This is mad," but I can't not swim there when I'm here. I don't even think I took a photograph of it, but I just wanted to swim in that bay. It was yeah. crystal clear water, and it was a beautiful, really sunny day. So um, that was all new to me. That that uh, I made a movie in May, actually, but not not being to Ackle Island. So yeah, it's an endlessly beautiful place, you know. I know you're a big golfer. Did you manage to with play some golf in those places? In those places? Yeah, I did. I oh, in Dublin, I did. Yeah, um, it was nice because we started. I think we started at the beginning of March and shot through April, May, June, July. Uh, or started at the beginning of April, shot April, May, June, July, and so there's a lot. You know, in, in Ireland, even more so than here, like we we get really light evenings. You know, that you can you can the, the sun doesn't go down until like ten thirty or something like that. So. Um, I was very lucky in that a few days, uh, even when I finished work, if we wrapped at six or seven in the evening, I'd, I'd manage to get out and play 18 holes uh, after work if we were not too far from a golf course, which was pretty great. You know, and I've got some good mates who live in Dublin, so I was, I was always uh, able to find someone to play with. So, um, yeah, it was a nice little <laughs> perk of shooting in that place at that time. Is that what is that part of your your love of golf? The the, the kind of openness of it, you know, the, the kind of roll it, the greens and all of that. Is that partly why you? you yeah, kind of... absolutely. I always sort of say I sort of spend my life defending golf to people because people <laughs> have such a sort of like bleak idea of what it is, and and the people who are around that sport, and, and that's I understand where where that comes from and why, and sort of there's an old school side of golf that really needs updated, and I, I you know I, I get that, but. It, it, on the island of Ireland, it's a very accessible sport. You know, you don't have to have like your money or anything to play golf. And um, uh, so I, I sort of see it a little bit differently than that elitist uh, way of, of uh, the people uh, connotation it has. Um, 
Yeah, like golf is essentially you're usually somewhere quite beautiful. You're often by the, if you're somewhere on an island like Ireland, you're often near the coast when you're playing, and you're with your mates and you're you're chatting for the four and a half hours. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, and then you you know the, the social side of it after. But I just I, I do just uh, I do I can't say enough good things about the sport. Well, I think of Larry David in Kirk playing golf, you know. If, yes. I mean, yeah. I think he that's talking about someone who has it in their contract to like yeah. do certain days of golf courses. Yeah, big time. I think he famously has that, yeah. Yeah, I feel there's a role for you in Kirk as a as a, a golf partner for him. I just I'd love that. If he's gonna keep making them, I, I would love that, yeah. Legend. We can make it happen. Um, back to the tourist, though. The, I, in, in, there's one scene talking of that landscape. There's one. I love one of my favorite scenes in the first episode is when you're rolling down that hill, like yes. endlessly rolling down that hill. Do you know? Do, are you a Tom Cruise? Do you do your own rolling downhill stunts? To a point, yeah. I, I, anything they'll let me do, I will do. And then there'll be times I'll be sort of privy to the fact that there's something they're not gonna. That they're going to use a stunt double for. I had a great stunt double called Nathan, um, who actually went when I did go and swimming swim in that bay. I, Nathan and I went together and had a swim there. Um, and now and again, I'd see something they got him to do, and I'd be like, you know, I get logistically off, and they're like, look, timing wise, we'd rather have second unit do that whilst we do like a close up of you and some like talky scene over here. But now and again, if I wasn't busy and I saw they were using Nathan, I'd be like, I can. I can do that, like, guys. I I want to do that. So, I still love trying to do all that stuff while I feel like I I'm able to. Um, but um, yeah. I mean, it's funny. I think like sometimes the older like Tom Cruise gets you. You think that sort of stuff slows down, but like he seems to like ramp it up even more. You know, and right. um, I I'm like as long as my body's able to, and then you get people like him and Liam Neeson and stuff who seem to be still throwing themselves around. The older they get, you know, and I don't know who knows what I'll be like when I get to that age. Yeah. And there's loads of running as well. You know, I mean, you have to. Oh, mate, the most first, that first week or ten days or two weeks, I mean, I just ran, like I just ran. I like the we the whole sequence of the van and coming out of the van and being picked up and back in the van and escaping from the van and running from the van. But, you know, the sort of big part of the opening sequence was similar to the opening sequence in the first series with the car chase, big set pieces, and in the first series, the car chase took. Um, you know, a couple of weeks, I think, but I was sat down for all of it. Like I was hot. I was in a dusty, hot car, yeah. um, but at least I had a seat. Uh, this time I'm literally running around. I've, I've really had to be into a peak fitness for that. I have to say it was sort of endlessly running. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, talk, talking of Harry, the Williams brothers, the inc- their incredible kind of scripts and, and style and tone they have. I don't know if you, have you watched Boat Story, which I think has been a fantastic. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. I've only seen two episodes. Right. Um, I think it's perfectly mad and just like, um, yeah, I, 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 I love it. It's, it's, I guess it's similar to the tourists in a way, like you're, you're either going to be really into what they're doing tonally with that, or you're just not. And I know there's lots of people that maybe aren't, but like, so if you're into it, you're sort of overwhelmingly into it. Yeah. And I think I fall into that category. I just love it. Like if you're watching, just going like, no one else on TV is doing this this mad, madness, you know, and um, you can't like just slip it into a box. It is just totally unique, and they get brilliant actors. And um, yeah, I, I love it. I, you've just reminded me. Actually, I really need to get the the, the other four episodes, whatever, finish it because I have been loving it, but I've been too much pressed. To, yeah, yeah. I mean, it gets it gets even more extraordinary and better as it goes yeah. on. 
I mean, obviously not as good as the tourists of the two. No, of course. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is, there is something kind of, um, there's something like the, that mixture of violence and tension and thriller with great humor and comedy. That feels yeah. like a unique thing to them, their, their sense of humor that comes out in, and that is definitely there in the tourists. And even more, I think season two feels even funnier in a way than season one. I think that. we had a bit of a license to lean into it more because mm. we knew it had worked from the first series. Um, and we realized that that was a big part of what people liked about the first series. So let's like lean into that more. And it has, it's, it's almost got its own kind of slightly different humor because it's, sort of everybody's Irish now or you know majority are Irish so um the Elliot's humor and the sort of Irish humor fits into it in a different way now compared to the first series so yeah um I was it was a lot of fun getting to 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 do that and um you know I think it's sort of it's sort of refreshing it sort of it sort of needs it and it sort of just softens everything and there is a kind of heart and soul to it as well I think you know Elliot's relationship with Helen particularly gives it that yeah that real rooting in something emotional and tangible. And that and that re- that again, that feels, feels like ramped up from series one. Yeah, time. totally. And I think that it's important. Like you need to, you can have all the caper in the world, and you know, getting up to all sorts and all the gags and all the you know, uh, the sort of um, fun of it. But you, you you're only going to enjoy that, and that's only going to be um, earned if you care about the. the people at the center of it and hopefully you really care about Elliot and, and Helen and um there's a huge emotional punch to it. I, I, I I I have to cry loads and like I you know I really had to I've many days particularly towards and those final couple of episodes I've loads of like sort of uh, moments where I'm, I'm I'm a bit broken emotionally and um yeah I think you uh, you you need that you know you, you sort of need the characters to to get to that point and and uh, uh, yeah because I I think it's so it is from afar kind of easy to see it. it's just it's all just this madness and you know but actually no you're you're right at the core of it you, you there's a real heart to it and you should really care about the people and, and you should really care that care for Elliot to sort of find out this stuff about himself and be on, be on that journey with him absolutely yeah now. This this goes out like series one. It goes out on New Year's Day on BBC yeah. One. Um, do you know you're up against um, Toby Jones on ITV, who you've worked with? Yeah, um, I'm sure you're you're very friendly with. How, how yeah. do you feel about that? And um, will you be watching it? Do you get? Will you gather friends and family around to watch it, or do you not like watching yourself in that way? Uh, I go through phases of that. Um, probably in a phase at the moment where I really can't stand watching myself. <laughs> I will. I'll watch enough to be able to do press because sometimes in the edit, all kinds of stuff's changing. And I don't want to be saying the wrong thing. Mm. Um, so I've seen one episode of this season. I saw all of the first series I did because um, my wife loved it and she just wanted to watch it. So um, rather than just go and sit in another room with a book, I thought I'll watch it with her, and I, I did enjoy it. <clears throat> but that was, you know. A while ago and you know things i don't know things change and then so suddenly that was like uh what i, I was in a different phase and at the moment i'm in a phase where i can't really bear the idea of it but look i know my wife will want to watch it again and I, i'll probably probably will end up seeing it um 
and uh, I'll yeah maybe I'll record Toby's Toby's show. Yeah, he should. Uh, Toby's show I have to say is great. They're both brilliant. Is it? Uh, he's he's one of the best, isn't he? He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I hope screening of that as well. I might I might. Oh, you are. I don't want to make it that main, but yeah, I have to. <laughs> okay. He's a, he's a lovely guy. But thank you so much, Jamie. Cheers. Brilliant to see you again. Um, Cheers, boy. I appreciate it. That was Boydie and Jamie Dornan. Let's. Uh, well, I guess you know if Kay is taking over. The triage system in the year. This may be my For final, January. my final triage. Whew. So, you know, I better make the most of this. Let's see what happens. Okay, this comes from John, and John says, a review of the year question. There have been some amazing final seasons this year, as well as limited series finales. Which ones do the pod think nailed the landings? Obvious ones are Succession, Happy Valley, and for me, the marvellous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, I'd li like to give Beef a mention, too, oh, yeah. for possibly the most surprising and beautiful of them. Also, which ones do you think dropped the ball? Which series finale dropped the ball? Or, or which ones landed it? What were your What were your takeaways from finales this year? I feel bad saying this. So all the ones that um, previously mentioned were really good ones and stuck the landing. The one that, I, if I'm being really honest, the one that slightly disappointed me was Sex what? Education. Oh, really? Yeah. Controversial. Controversial yeah. No, not the last episode, just season oh, one. So, no, I get that. I think the last episode was great. I thought the last season, again, very good, but wasn't... A little patchy. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't the strongest I thought season. we were talking last episode. We are. Is that oh, the question? We? But yeah. Kay's, Kay's gone wildly yeah, off-beast. So, uh, no, did he definitely say episode? Yes, finales. So. Finale la lilies. Oh, see, I was thinking finale season. <laughs> Yes, the um, famous term that is finale I know, seasons. I know. Sorry, <laughs> steady on. Um, what ones didn't we? I mean, we've mentioned a lot that we did love. I mean, Happy Valley, Succession, yeah, all for absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Ted Lasso, you know, Ted final Lasso. episode of Ted Lasso was fine. What was and it ended how we knew? I mean, he left as yeah. we knew he would, and, and they're going to set up a women's team yeah, for right. the inevitable spin-off yeah, show. Maybe. Uh, and yeah. Nick Muhammad's character will be And Nick Muhammad, yeah, 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 yeah. They left it open, Oh, what about, I? so I haven't watched it yet. What about The Crown? What was the I haven't step? watched the finale yet either, funnily mm. enough. Mm. So I've, we don't yeah. know. No, I don't know. Uh, Boat Story was brilliant, the yes. finale. Fantastic. I mean, I suppose I suppose it is, because it's a limited series, so it does count as a finale. Yeah, the final episode of that is great. Yeah, yeah. And many other good things. Many others. Uh, this one comes from Annika Ruff. And Annika says, if you could go back to the start of 2023 and recommend to someone to only sign up to one streaming platform, oh, which one question. would you choose? That's difficult. That's hard. That is difficult. Now, crucially, she said streaming service. Mm. So I'm assuming we get terrestrial channels yeah. as a matter of course. But that's I our, think... They're, they're our basic rights. Yeah, that's rights. right. That's right. But I think, and I think you guys will agree with me, because like Happy Valley's already in the bag, right? Mm. Because we get that. Yeah. I think it has to be now, doesn't it? Because mm. now gives you succession yeah. and last The of Last us. of Us. Yeah. So it has to be now. Now wins 2023. What else would we get with... Barry as well. I mean, you wouldn't be able to watch season two of Foundation without Apple. So, yeah. you know. It's that Apple... Uh, yeah, I'm looking at... The, Apple had, you know, um, Slow Horses. Yeah, I'm... Foundation. Foundation. <laughs> oh, but then you've got Disney... Hijack. Yeah. Silo. Crowded Room. Crowded room, which was interesting. That 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 was too long. That show was like <laughs> need, that needed to be cut in half at least. Um, that went on and on and on. But yeah, it's difficult. But listen, Disney, The Bear, A Murder at the End of the World. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, we've got yeah, and um, Lazarus Project also on now. 
So I think him now might swing. Yeah. Just, I mean, the fact that they've got two of the top three, yeah. really, is a big, and you know. If I think they have more than any other streamer in our yeah, top ten. I think that's so, true. I think that's yeah, true. now it is. Now wins 2023. Yeah. Uh, question from Luis. Luis says, I feel like the sheer amount of TV that's being made destroyed the big TV event shows everyone's talking about like Game of Thrones. I feel like outside of social media, you very rarely get a TV show that everyone is watching and wanting to talk about. Even Succession, Loki or other big shows, I heard more about on social media and most friends, colleagues and family members never watch the show. What do you think is the reason? Is it too much TV shows to watch uh, so everyone watches something different or other reasons? I don't. I, I I reject the premise of the question, Luis. Uh, I think we do still get event TV. I mean, Game of Thrones was a big crossover event thing that everyone was watching and talking about. But Succession might not have been quite on that level, but it also wasn't as far, far away yeah. as you might think. Succession, you know? yeah. Succession was a massive, like, media event. You know, I remember it was covered in news, you know, really slightly out of all proportion to the number of people who actually watch it, because which is limited by the fact that it is on Sky Atlantic now, you know, let's face it. But that, yeah, that's definitely a cultural phenomenon. So is that what he's alluding to? Are there cultural phenomena where we're all... Well, I, just, I, I think the, the, the water cooler moments. Yeah. I, I think it's saying that, you know, there's a lack of that. Yeah, oh, I, no, I don't agree with that. I agree. No. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's definitely Logan still Roy the case. dying in it. That, Everyone was talking about that. <laughs> still. But what you're getting Everyone's at, or what he's getting at here, is like, it, it's that thing of having... And I think, you know, the streaming era doesn't necessarily help with this, but it's that thing where everyone's watching something at the same time. Yeah, sure. And... You, something like Succession and Game of Thrones, I think people watched it as it dropped, which makes a talkable moment. Yes. Whereas if you can watch it whenever you want, less so. Line of Duty, people's... Line of Duty is another one, yeah. Everyone talked about Line of Duty. Yeah, which mm. was, of course, week by week, and, and you know, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, so the idea has been rejected. Yes, sorry. we've rejected your idea. Sorry, Louise. Sai uh, asks, for the Review of the Year pilot show, my question is, what show were you looking forward to in 2023 that let you down the most? Oh, God. Mm. What was your biggest disappointment of the year? I'm trying to think if there was something mm. I was really looking forward to. I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it, it might be something like Secret Invasion. Yeah. Which I'll, was a fucking oh, shit show. Yeah, because, oh, definitely. Definitely. Because but I wasn't looking uh, the, forward to it in the first place. <laughs> well, the first episode was quite good. Yes. And we, we actually yeah, quite liked we quite it liked based it. on that. And mm. also, Kingsley Benadirson, who's one of my favourite actors yes. from the OI, etc. And I thought that was a waste of him. The other, uh, do you know what? I, I've got an answer to this question. It is The Idol. It is the idol because oh, the idol, let's face yes. it, you know, the, the idea of the guy Euphoria, I absolutely I mean Euphoria bounced between insanity and over the topness and being ridiculously exploitative of its particularly its female characters. But having said that, there's a lot of knob not a lot of dangling willies in We've talked in about Euphoria. not using the word knob or well, willy, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's crossed off that we're leaving that in twenty twenty three. I know, I know. But I Cop- think, Yeah. No, yeah. No. But I do th- so, you know, the idea that he was going to then collaborate, you know, with the weekend or whatever his whatever his real name is. Able, yeah, with, with with Lily Rose Depp. It felt like a, at the very least a provocative. You're going to have a provocative, exciting, thrilling series with that talent involved. It actually ended up being kind of a load of old shit with <laughs> some really funny insights. I I thought some really funny observations about pop stars and their entourages and that kind Dan of thing. Dan Levy was a highlight. Dan Levy literally for ten seconds and then mm-hmm. disappeared. Um, somebody used to ask him about that. I've never, I haven't seen him go on the record about why that happened. It was just a weird cameo. He literally disappears for the rest of the series. Um, so and that ended up being a complete farrago. That series. Let's face it. Um, so yeah, that's the one. That's the answer to that question because I was looking forward to it a lot. Maverick. Asks us, 
how many, if any, of the top-rated shows of last year do you think would make a top 10 list of the best shows ever? Happy Valley. Well, Happy Valley Succession. Yeah, Succession. Last of Us, Last for of me. Us, potentially, yeah. The Bear, maybe. Yes, I mean, yes. possibly The Bear. Yes, yes, People, yes. The Bear, which the bear. is a lot of number one, in the American critics mm. I've seen, is a lot of number one choices. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say all of them now. Slow horses, potentially, we'll see. Um, those ones, definitely. Mm. Yeah. You know, when we were mentioning our shows that we hadn't mentioned, I, I, my egregious animation bias kicked in once again, and I did not mention either Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, which was in many ways a genius approach to taking that and remaking it slash sequelizing it slash alternate quilling it. Mm. I mean, it's it's a very weird beast that is, but it's genius. And also Blue-Eyed Samurai. Blue-Eyed Samurai. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. I only watched the first episode, but that was brilliant, yeah. Indeed. Uh, let's see. Now, we we have basically run out of time. We are running on fumes here because Boydie and I have to get to the theatre and Kay has many, many exciting social engagements. So uh, let's ask a question here. This one comes I from... I thought you wrapping up. Yeah. He's doing another question. Yeah. Maybe he's saying, is, is, is he saying Dad's this is the last one? Is that what he's saying? I, well, Jack wanted to say, a little contribution for the Review of the Year pod, award for the best show of the year not mm-hmm. watched by the pilot presenters goes to... Ah. Who wants to guess? We're getting castigated. We are. Is it an animated show? No. Oh. Oh, shit. Is it that one that adapted from a Japanese... Yes. Yes. What's it called? Drops of God. Yeah. Oh, The wine I, one. Do you know what? We did I review what, that, didn't we? we? Yeah, we did. We did, but we, we didn't did. watch it. Like, as in, we reviewed I the first the, episode. Oh, right. I wanted to watch and then we, No, you think you have One Piece, weren't I'm you? No, One Piece. No, this, yeah, this, that, is, this, is, this is another one that's uh, adapted from a, a sort of a manga. we reviewed the first episode. We did review it, but one I think we just... We were not dismissive of it, but I don't think we loved it. But he has championed this a lot. I liked it. I like. I liked, did I you like, did you like it enough, K two? I don't know. Watch more than one episode. Yeah, I did finish I've, it. I've hardly no. been like twiddling my thumbs. I've been watching all the other <laughs> shit that you've made me watch. <laughs> and I'm only talking about sci-fi stuff. That all the other things have been quality shit. Of course, of course, lots of quality shit. Uh, we have quite the bulging review of the year postbag. Actually, I'm quite. Uh, uh, it's quite distended with messages, and you know I can't. What he's going to say. <laughs> if we just had another episode in between. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Maybe uh, we could record it in the stores at the theatre where we're going to see we the Stranger Things play. Perhaps we can. Well, look, hey, in the new year when Kay is in charge of the new triage system... Oh, get yeah. ready, guys. Maybe, maybe this wouldn't have happened. You know, maybe a whole new dawn... There's going to be a proper system installed. Yeah, I'm going to pass the, the post-sack over to you. For January. Wow. For January. And then February. And then March. <laughs> and then April. Et cetera, et cetera. Anyway... That's it. We're done. That's it for our review of the year special. Exhausted. Thank fuck, says Boyd. Uh, If you enjoy the show and you do want to give us a Christmas present, then there is only one present we really want, and that's cash. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, no. That's a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, so why not settle down in front of the tree, you know, amid the carnage of discarded wrapping paper, pull out your phone, and leave us a glowing Christmas review. Particularly if you're in Fiji. Particularly if you happen to be Christmasing in Fiji. Uh, and also please add to our social media followings across, I don't know, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, TikTok, and whatever other platforms you happen to be on. At Violet TV Pod, at James C. Dyer, at K. Ribeiro, and at Boyd Hilton. Wow. <laughs> a huge thanks to all of you listening who subscribed oh, yeah. to Pilot Plus this year. It has been a brutal 12 months with a cost of living crisis and frankly everything getting more expensive so we do massively appreciate that. Despite all that you still found time to toss a coin to your favourite podcast so that we can keep on doing it for at least another year. So huge thanks to you for that. It really is the only reason we are still able to do the show so we very much appreciate it. And all listeners, thank you. I just thought about this and I thought actually thank you for just 
just tuning in and listening to us, me, wang on, um, and all your feedback and your letters and stuff like that has been greatly appreciated. I would like to apologise about telling uh, too many lengthy <laughs> anecdotes. Oh and my gosh. Going through the things we missed on the podcast for so long in because it took, took too long because James wouldn't do it another episode between Christmas and New Year. There you go. <laughs> and I would like to apologise for just being a massive bellend. Uh, Darren, if we can clip that up, I'm going to be yeah. playing it. There you go. You lot. can have that as your ring tune. In fact, I should say that. Finally, a big thank you to Darren. Oh, our, yes. Darren Heroic. Our long-suffering Darren. editor who has long, had to deal with our cock-ups, our mic bumps, mm. all manner of off-mic moments as we try to remember, I don't know, people's names and also what we're supposed to be doing. Only to make it all sound kind of entirely seamless by the time the podcast does go out. Uh, also, I should say, Darren, someone who we trust implicitly yes. and oh. who would never, for example, keep all of those off-mic moments in a little blackmail folder and compile, <laughs> I don't know, an unauthorised blooper reel just the, to make us I, look like twats. Don't give him the idea for it. Listen, he's done it and I've yet to sign off. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but he's yeah. not actually blackmailing us, with it, I believe. Not, not yet, yet, anyway. Not yet. No. Darren, Clearly, said blooper reel will never see the light of day, so we'll be fine. Uh, that's it for us in 2023. So all that's left is for us to say a big goodbye from Boydie. Goodbye. <laughs> and a big goodbye from Kay. Bye. Uh, and for each of us to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Until next year, pilot out. <laughs> Sorry, Darren. You twat. Am I the asshole? I think I might be the asshole. (laughs) Such a shit. James's mum is is known for her profanity. (laughs) I don't want to hear any more about your valley. Oh, that phaser's too far. Thinking about how extremely hot I am. Darren, I can only apologise on James's behalf. Disgrace. (laughs) Do we need to reboot him? Um. Am I a bellend? Yes, I am. <laughs> Who was playing Pilot TV Bingo? Who had accidental knob rubbing okay. on their card? Lupin. Dickhead. <laughs> See, Darren, okay. this is how caring I am. Always thinking of you, Darren. I am always thinking of you. Darren, I'm not looking up anything. I'm just drinking Coke. Your triage system is shit. <laughs> was it James Bellend? Extraordinary. Oh. Cut that out because your mum's listening. Yeah, I love a bit of Saxon rub. Fuck you, James. Dickhead. Cock literally coming out of yeah. my mouth. Fucking terrible. Um, Aaron's probably smashing his head repeatedly on the key. Yeah. No, like, no, this no, is a, a hellish... And a bloody good bloke to boot. Steady. Yes, you're the dickhead, James. <laughs> Twat. Tubby. You and me, me and you. Lots and lots for you to do. Premium space content. What a nightmare for Darren as well, editing this shit. When I woke up this morning, I did not think we'll be discussing Keith Chegwin's penis. Coming in your faces. No, it's, I should have worked it that better. Sorry, Darren, for this whole penis-infused episode. Oh. You want to ride me? Mate, no, very well sense. welcome. <laughs> Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Keep that in. No, no absolutely keep it in. Yeah, this is no. genius. This, yeah, this is, this is, this is broadcast <laughs> gold. No. Yeah. Absolute Darren. gold. Award-worthy. <laughs> no, Darren, ignore her. Darren. Darren. <laughs> Stop saying Darren now. <laughs> Um, no, wait a minute. Uh, where was I? It's hard to say. Yeah. Okay. Don't yeah. just sipping from a can of Diet Coke, so you don't, don't go give it a big one. Oh, oh my mate, God. Don't. I'm... <laughs> Darren, see what I have to put up with. These absolute <laughs> Philistines, Neanderthals, just like... I always mm. want to give a shout out. Um, a shot. A shout out. Definitely, out. definitely not a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. oh, Darren, Darren that's one for your blooper reel. That's one for your blooper reel. Yeah. <laughs>
one of my favourite things. <laughs> no shout outs, that could get messy. I've tried it, I don't fucking like it. When he disclosed to, um, actually cut this out, Darren, because I can't remember the anecdote, and that was fucking boring. Thank you. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Darren, it's so fucking hot in here. I hate work. (laughs) It's so shit. You're on drugs. Tremendous. Unfortunately, Darren, gonna have to make this your problem and see if you can fix it in post-production. It's a Darren problem. It's a Darren problem. problem. Yeah, I'm making it a Darren problem. Really sorry about that. Go, oh, you absolute bellend. He's such a dick. James. Ugh, Bates. Don't be a knob, James. What the fuck? Cunt. You absolute bellend. What the fuck? Why are you doing that? I'm gonna answer this phone call, actually. Hang on. (laughs) Podcast is just a sham. (laughs) Um, I'm to it last week. Um, I'm laughing again. Ha ha ha. Spoiler alert, James makes his own fucking hummus. How about that? <laughs> Tell her to suck my clit. Suck my tit, bitch. Of course I can do it. <laughs> <laughs>